Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out, tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this edition of the Pop Culture Cosmos, potential movie universes are on the horizon with King Kong, Godzilla, and Pacific Rim, and also The Mummy, Dracula, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and more being included. What are their chances for success? We weigh in with our thoughts, plus we're talking the Game of Thrones phenomenon, the potential sales concerns for the Nintendo Switch, and how Thor Ragnarok will tie into the Infinity Wars. All this and more, including an interview from CES with Dog and Bone, a sneak peek at the latest What About This podcast, and a hit song from Moy. It's another great episode that's filled to the brim for you today as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another edition of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanigan Media, and the man behind Ghost Toasters, several podcasts, and my goodness, an author as well. Where does this guy find time to do all this stuff? It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? Hello, hello. I'm good. Uh, to answer your question, I don't have time for a lot of this stuff. I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't sleep. <laughs> there you go. And you're actually like me in process, almost finishing up. Well, actually, I'm a little bit ahead of you on the top 25 list that will be coming hopefully this week, keeping my fingers crossed, to popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So definitely looking forward to that indeed on sharing our ideas. And after it goes up for a few days, we'll actually be able to talk about it on the air in an upcoming episode as well. So once again, this is the Pop Culture Cosmos Show, the number one podcast on the Podcast Radio Network. We truly appreciate you listening out there. 
If you can't catch us for some reason every Monday night, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network, hey, we're also on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, the ESO Network, the Tangent Bound Network, the Gunna Geek Network. And if you get the Mixcloud channel, that one we throw a bonus episode right after the Pop Culture Cosmos show airs on that channel as well. So we're on all those different download channels. So there's no reason you can't get us each and every week. It's a great episode we have for you today. We're going to be talking a little bit later on on Nintendo Switch. We're also talking a little bit about uh, the Wonder Woman movie coming up and our hopes for that. Can you tell me a little bit more, Josh, about the band that we've got uh, that I'm going to play on this week's episode? Uh, yeah, Moy Navarro. He is a he's a musician, kind of a uh, little little '90s style music. It's uh, you know, I know him personally. He writes music for Disney, and he does. Uh, he, he's he's a very talented guy, and he's in the process of writing more music. And I thought, hey man, let me uh, let me get your stuff out there to the world a little bit more. So you got a you know, a little bit of platform to jump off of. And he's uh, he's he's very talented. So I hope you guys enjoy the music. Absolutely. So we'll be playing his music a little bit later on coming up. But right now we're going to talk a little bit about the movie universes that are potentially coming on the horizon for for movie fans out there. And while this weekend had a a nice debut for Kong Skull Island, it exceeded expectations. About 60, a little bit over $60 million it did domestically here. did also pretty good overseas. Nothing earth-shattering, mind you, but pretty good overseas. Uh, still, China is still yet to go. But what's been talking about with Costco Island and, and the fact that it now is going to tie itself in to a, a movie universe with Godzilla, and hopefully it has not been confirmed one way or the other, but hopefully Pacific Rim as well. So I ask you, Josh, in regards to this particular possible movie universe scenario, what are your thoughts on it? Is it something that you would be interested in? And also, as well, is it something that you think that fans are going to go and see over the course of a period of one, two, three, four extended movies? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this this is like a an opportunity for people to go to the movies and not really have to think about anything. They can just, if you, if you said, Hey, do you want to watch Godzilla and uh, King Kong beat the crap out of each other? I'd be like, yes, please take me there. And same thing with like, that's why I love Pacific Rim so much. It, it, giant robots fighting giant monsters. I mean, that's, that's like every kid wants to see something like that. So as far I, yes, I think there'll be an audience for it. And I think that, you know, as far as combining the franchises go, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, it's like taking two trips to the movies and putting it into one. So yes, I think that that will be a, that will be very successful. Uh, what, you know, whether or not it's going to see Marvel numbers, probably not, but. Well, but that's uh, one thing I want to ask you because King Kong seems to be doing about the same level of admiration as say the Pacific Rim series did where it made some money, but the, the cost of the production was so high, it was for a long time in doubt as far as whether or not the series would continue. And I see that same thing going on and and with Kongsko Island. Unless something dramatically happens in the Chinese market, I see it maybe possibly, you know, earning its production budget back, maybe doing a little bit more, maybe ending up just like pretty much in that same realm as Pacific Rim. So 
I don't see that going to the next level as far as into that super blockbuster status like you were talking about with Marvel, but I, I'm not even sure if I see it kicking up a notch as far as maybe into the DC numbers. So do you think it needs to go there for the series to be successful or or do you think it's just fine as is? No, I mean, you don't need to take, like, uh, yeah, you don't need to take the movie. It doesn't have to be like a big Marvel-type uh, opening to get people to want to go watch it. I think that with, uh, you know, like I said last week, I think that Kong Skull Island is the movie that people don't yet know they want to watch. I think that now that the reviews are coming in and, you know, they're they're fairly positive, I think that people are going to go out and watch it, even when DVD sales come around. But you have to remember, China, they love those kinds of movies over there. They love the monster stuff, as you know, made apparent by The Great Wall. So we can't really count anything out right now. I don't think you don't need Marvel numbers to you know kick off a combined universe, but you do need you know obviously you do need an audience. But you know it's not. Um, I don't think it's not without a chance of success. I think that combining these two movies together, you know, creating your own joint universe is a, it's a, it's a good idea for movies like this, especially like, you know, like you were mentioning, it's, it's a lower opening, but if you were to combine them, I think that's would get people's attention. That would make them, because how many times have we seen King Kong rehashed over the years, like three or four? Yeah, and I know the Peter Jackson film uh, actually kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because it was just a pretty much a updated remake of the old classic, which I'm not sure many people really wanted to see. Exactly. So it's kind of like had it's it's off to a disadvantage already. But now that the reviews are coming in, we'll see because you have to. It, it's only opening weekend, so I mean, it still has plenty of time to kind of make some money, but. Uh, you will just have to wait and see. I think that once, and even if it doesn't do well in theaters, I guarantee you that people are going to pick it up, watch it on DVD, digital, Redbox, whatever it is. And I, it, it, I think it's not, it's not going to be the failure that uh, you know Peter Jackson's King Kong was. But I think what would interest a lot of people more, I think, is what you were alluding to as well, is a universe that ultimately has Godzilla facing a King Kong, maybe facing Orodan, facing also the armored mechs from Pacific Rim. That, to me, I would go. I, I'm going to tell you right now. If, if they did something like that where it's a battle royale like that, oh my gosh, then you can just count me in as far as front and center in the movie theater. But separate entities as is, I think Pacific Rim is the only one right now to me that catches my eye that I think I have to go see it maybe right as far as Kong Skull Island now that it's out in theaters and it is garnering positive reviews. Let's let's hope that continues because a movie universe combined with all those entities, that would be really cool too, as far as from a spectacle standpoint. On the opposite side of that coin though, it is going to be very expensive to make. So you have to make sure that these numbers are in a safe space to be to be able to predict that yes we're gonna at least make back a portion of what we dump into this movie but as far as a pacific rim versus king kong we that would be awesome yes that'd be like every kid's dream would be to watch something like that but i I think logistically there might be a problem as far as like timeline goes i know they can just you know fudge some words or something and make it possible but it, it would be cool whether or not they go forward with it we'll We'll have to wait and see because they, they, they're talking about it, but they haven't really given us a lot of detail on what is going into these worlds. 
If they can resurrect the Gladiator series like Ridley Scott was talking about the other day, then they'll pretty much do anything. And I really think at this point, a battle royale, as I said before, between all those entities would really be sweet indeed. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that punting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products, such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with always green synthetic turf and putting greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. Another battle royal that would really be awesome to watch in the theaters would be something in the neighborhood that what I believe Universal is coming up with. And it's going to start off really with the mummy that's coming out later this year in the summertime with Tom Cruise and all that, but also an, uh, an appearance by Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and possibly even Mr. Hyde. So I ask you this question with the possible intentions that universal has already alluded to with making their own universe with Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the mummy, possibly even throwing Dracula scenario in there, the wolf man and, all those other monster characters from uh, older lore and whatnot. So I ask you, is this something that you think is going to garner a large audience as well? And what steps can they take and follow maybe solid franchises that are out there like the Marvel universe, like the Lord of the Rings universe, like even the Fast and Furious universe? What steps can they learn from those franchises so that they won't fall flat and become just an afterthought with moviegoers. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned those three series because those are three completely like different examples. Like Marvel is cool because people love superheroes. They love seeing the superheroes together. Whereas Lord of the Rings is cool because people love that fantasy universe that, that Tolkien created. They love the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit that, and it's really just a great movie franchise to escape into. Whereas, and then you have Fast and the Furious, which is on like a completely different level, probably lower, a lot lower than the other two. And people watch it just because they like train wrecks and they just like to watch these trains crash. And so that's where Fast and the Furious is. But they love to see these car stunts and all the car racing. I mean, it's because it's all about the cars with Fast and Furious. Yeah, but where you have Marvel and, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, it's all about story. Fast and the Furious has absolutely. No story. They just like to see the crashes, the one-liners. They like to see Vin Diesel fighting The Rock. It's not really like they don't go to it to be emotionally like, you know, t- 
tugged on the old heartstrings. So it, they can take things from each of them. But as far as Universal goes, I don't think that they're, they're, it's not going to get the, the numbers that Marvel does unless it's like, you know, absolutely just the greatest movie to ever come out. But I think they can take a lot. Like they can learn a lot from from uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings series as far as like fantasy goes. And I think they just have to be smart. It's not really – there's no like – right or wrong way to go about it they need to be consistent like i loved dracula untold but i think at the end of that movie they the writing got really lazy so they have to have something solid and don't try to shovel it like you were mentioning dr jekyll might be in the mummy and i'm really excited to watch that movie personally they don't they don't I'm hoping they don't have like a, an amazing Spider-Man scenario where they try to put all these people into this movie so they can introduce them into further movies down the line. Because as we've, there's a history of that happening and it not working out for the people who are making these movies. Because it comes across as them being shoehorned into the film, correct? Shoehorned. Yeah. And they're taking away like a script can only be so many pages. And by doing something like that, they're taking away valuable storytelling space to say, Hey, you know, we, we all know that there's another movie coming out. So if you're like shoving a character in there and he doesn't really like have any purpose being in there, what is the point of it? Besides like saying, Oh, Hey, this is going to exist further down the line. There's, there's no, I, I think a lot of people don't like that because there's just, there's no reason for it. And they would rather have like, in uh, you know, Spider-Man three absolutely hated that movie, but I feel like it would have been with uh, Tobey Maguire. If they would have not like wasted all that time with all these like, you know, all the villains and the, uh, you know, whatever the things that made it bad there, there could have been a better story told there. And I, that's the lesson that universal need, That's the most important lesson that universal needs to take when busting out a franchise like this. Definitely some, some deep thoughts there. Excellent uh, wording. I couldn't uh, agree with you more on a lot of that. They do have to be careful because the budgets for all these films are going to be high, well above 100 million each on that. Uh, I cannot see a scenario when, you know, with any of them getting like the cut rate John Wick type budget and being able to try and work something with that. That's unfortunately not going to be the case because they're all going to have heavy on the CG and all that. So it's not going to be a a very good scenario if they don't come out and perform. So I couldn't agree with you more on that. They're both franchises that I definitely would like to see. If any of you out there want to share your thoughts on some of the movie franchises that are potentially in the works, we're not sure if they're going to be done yet because it's all based on your input as far as with your wallet and and also going to the theaters. So I want to hear your thoughts as far as these potential franchise movie universes. Just send us a line, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or you can contact us at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, also Humanican Media on Facebook, and Humanican Media on Twitter. You can send us also a message at the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. And if you like the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, from now till March 18th of this year, 2017, you will be in the running for a grand prize of a copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. PC, PS4, Xbox One, your choice. It's going to be a grand prize. We're going to one winner of a copy, brand new copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. So that's something definitely look forward to indeed. And speaking of Humanica Media, I wanted to, uh, Josh, before we head on out to 
listen to some Moy. What's going on with Humanica Media and all the great things that you got planned? I know that there's there's some updates you want to enlighten everybody with on Humanica Media. Yeah, there's a you know a lot a lot of good stuff in the work here. Um, coming this week, we have a brand new episode of Super Bro Station Gamescast, which you will be able to hear a little bit out on on this episode or next episode. Okay, this episode, and then uh, we also have what about this premiering tomorrow night at seven but you will also be able to hear some of that on the pop culture cosmos so a little bit of a sneak peek there for you so we'll be coming up in today's podcast a little bit of a sneak peek and those right now those are the uh the two most consistent podcasts that we have and we're working on getting you guys some more material as always we appreciate and like gerald is saying make sure you check out the pop culture cosmos page and give it a like because you'll be entered to win a physical copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. Just know that those of you who don't win a copy of it, you we, we could still, you know, shower you in our appreciation. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate everyone who likes the page, Humanican Media or Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. You want to check both out because they've always got great stuff going on there. Latest pop culture news, also updates on everything that Josh is doing and everything that we're doing here at Pop Culture Cosmos as well. So just wanted to say it's going to be a great show. Again, we've got a lot of stuff lined up for you. Again, what about this will be sampled on today's show. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, about, like I said, Nintendo Switch, Wonder Woman, some great things indeed. And then we're also going to talk about Game of Thrones and also Thor Ragnarok as well. So we've got a Big show lined up for you. But first, we've got coming up right now, it's the latest song from Moy. It's Reveal. And it's right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't look me in the eye to tell me what to say. You're my only friend. I keep pushing you away. I want to know the truth Even if it hurts I'll show you my broken bones A childhood shattered and exposed Would you reveal yourself to me? Naked soul dwells on bare feet And through the lies and all I've done You forgave to give this love To this life, you're my guy. 
That was Moy with Reveal. Check out his work today on the Moy Navarro channel on YouTube. Up next is my interview from this past CES with the folks at Dog and Bone Electronics. <laughs> Thanks again, and we're back live at CES 2017. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We are here at Dog and Bone. That's right, Dog and Bone. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm with Lee Ranchon. He's the man behind Dog and Bone. So Lee, I appreciate you being on the show. Tell me more about all the great Dog and Bone products that you guys have. Okay, well one of the key products that we have got is our new travel lock, TSA approved travel lock. Okay. It's going fantastically well. Okay. It means, you know, no more keys, no more combinations. It just uh, makes it so simple for traveling. Nice and small, it locks your baggage. Also has a tracking feature on it. So you can track your luggage if it gets lost. It'll send you a message when it's coming up the carousel. to say, bing, hey, I'm coming up. So you, instead of looking at the carousel, where's my bag coming? It sort of does all that automatically. Sweet. So that's, uh, that's one of our flagship products that we launched this year. I've been known to be that guy that's looking for all those pieces of luggage as it keeps on rotating around and laughing at me every time it goes by. Precisely. Then one of the latch products we're releasing is an uh, EMA by Dog and Bone. So... One of the key features with, uh, well, one of the key headaches, I guess, uh, customers face with uh, earphones is it doesn't put my ear or it's uncomfortable. It's Keeps popping out. out, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we've come up with a system that actually you can custom make your ears mm -hmm. within two minutes. That comes in the box and uh, the, the polymer goes hard in your ear. It sets up to two minutes. You take it out, you plug it in, and away you go. You've and it says high in the ear? Did you say? Say that again. It says high in the ear. Did you say as far as so where? If we come over here and just have a quick look over here. Of ear. course. So this is the little dog. Okay. These are the little earbuds here. Oh, very so nice. As you can see, they got a nice little form factor. Yes. And this material goes all soft after you heat it up in the dock. Okay. And once it's been heated up, you can actually just stick that in your ear, and that'll mold to your ear for a perfect fit. It also seals the ear canal, so you get uh, perfect sound quality. It's great, fantastic sound quality. Yeah, sweet. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, how is Dog and Bone meeting that challenge? Okay, so we. Uh, talk time on the headphones is six to eight hours. Really? That's which, good. Which, which is pretty good. And battery battery technology is getting better every year, yeah. which, is, which is great. So obviously everybody's always trying to get a smaller footprint. As you can see, these, these little earbuds are really small and tiny. Uh, and as battery uh, technology improves, so does the talk time. So that's, I guess, 
we're bound by battery technology. Now, what about the connectivity? Because uh, I've already reviewed some as far as the concern, and I was I've, I noticed some, not all, but some have had issues as far as connectivity when you're going through dense areas and things of that nature. What is Dog and Bone doing regarding the connectivity power of it? Okay, so connection. I, I guess that comes down to what sort of uh, Bluetooth chips that you're using. Okay. So a lot of the cheaper headsets don't use the high quality chips. Yeah. So hence you're going to get some flakiness with uh, connectivity. Yes, so, that's true. Yep. So we yeah. use CRS uh, chips in our in our chipsets, which are the best, and uh, we haven't had any any issues to date. Oh, sweet. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So, uh, have you got anything more as far as from Dog and Bones yeah. you want to show us today? Sure. So, we've also got uh, the bigger Bluetooth padlocks for your gates, your sheds, uh, locking your bike. Again, you can track it. You can uh, share the, share the user with uh, with friends. Uh, yeah, the list goes on with the features of the, the, these padlocks, which are great. They're also weather resistant. Uh, so, that's, that's in our padlocks. Then we've got waterproof cases as well. Okay. So, these are... Uh, uh, to the depths of 6.6 feet, which is two meters, you can go swimming, uh, boating, uh, you know, into salt water. Which uh, so these are the perfect uh, holiday sort of uh, case to go on holiday and uh, to get some filming underwater. Uh, leave your GoPro at home and just take your phone. Sweet. And these are fitting all the latest models. Is that correct? These are fitting all the latest models right now. Yep. Sweet. Yep. So, um, as far as the price ranges, availability, as far as retailers are concerned, and also where can people find out more about all these great products? Jump on Amazon.com. Most of our products are all on Amazon.com or uh, dogandbonecases.com. They'll have the full assortment as well. So, those are your two go to places. Yep. Awesome, awesome indeed. So, Lee, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. You got a lot of great products here today that, that you've been able to show off to me. And I'll tell you what, it looks like it really is going to be a great year for Dog and Bone with all the great products you've got going on there. Thanks so much, Joe, for having us. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Appreciate it. This is Travis from Ghost Coasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. 2017 is a pinnacle year for Rob McCallum Films. Coming off the heels of the internationally acclaimed and award-winning documentary Missing Mom, we're in the final stages to release Kitty, Origins and Evolutions. Check out this heavy metal biopic that explores the ups and downs of rock and roll for the women in Kitty who blazed a trail in the music industry in the face of unthinkable adversity. Kitty Origins and Evolutions releases this year from Rob McCallum Films. 2017 is the year to set your future on fire. And we're back. This is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you joining us and being a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos scene. I'm here with my good friend Josh Peterson from Humanican Media and Pop Culture Cosmos. If you get a chance, check out our sites, Humanican Media on Facebook and also Humanican Media on Twitter, on YouTube as well. And then check out Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where if you like us by the 18th of March, you will be in the running for a grand prize of Mass Effect Andromeda. And give a shout out to our sponsors as well, Retro City Games on Facebook for the greatest deals in retro gaming. RobMcCallumFilms.com. You want to check out all the great stuff he has on the way as far as all the great film projects that he is into. And then coming out of Huntington Beach, it is Always Green Synthetic Turfs and Putting Greens. Tell me a little bit more about Always Green. It's a really cool idea because he, you know, you think of uh, fake grass and you have this automatic uh, vision of the Brady Bunch, you know, mowing the AstroTurf and all that. So what they do with their lawns, their lawns actually look like real grass and they'll pack dirt underneath them to give it that 
you know, they'll shape the the lawn to give it that that feel look of a of a natural lawn, and they'll uh, they, you know they'll even do landscaping. And you know, if if you look at the price tag, you're like, ah, oh, that's too expensive. Know that it literally pays itself off within the year, so you don't have to hire a gardener, you don't have to worry about watering it. And they'll, you know, they'll work with you on price. They'll, you know, they have financing, they have all types of options and they're, you know, it's a really cool thing. And if you're a golfer that, you know, their putting greens are really nice. So if you, you know, if you're in the Orange County area, stop by, give them a call, check out their website at agsgrass.com and uh, just tell them that you were referred by the Pop Culture Cosmos and, you know, let them see what they can do for you. Sounds like a great plan indeed. Yes, that's always green synthetic turf and putting greens. So we are now talking a little bit about well, what always seems to be on the forefront of many a fan. It's Game of Thrones and the big phenomena. Just recently they announced that the show is coming back for seventh season on a specific date and people were just going crazy over it. And, and I want to ask you, Josh, your thoughts on the Game of Thrones phenomenon. Why is it so big? Why are people so interested? And how can HBO keep this juggernaut going even stronger? This is the second to last season, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. But still, I mean, people are going to be waiting with anticipation for, for even just a a sign and a release date. They have parties over this just for that. It's just amazing to see the kind of mass hysteria that goes on with each episode of game of thrones let me tell you my theories on that one it's it's sad that probably about 90 percent of the people who love this show have never read the books and you know that's back to the uh the source material argument but i it's sad to me it's sad because i i i love the books i love this show i'll you know i'll gladly watch the last two seasons and you know everyone's entitled to like the show it's good that people do like the show because that, you know, that gives them reason to pump more money into production and keep making these episodes. And actually it's rare that a show on a, you know, on a subscription network actually gets to give you the ending that you want. Like a lot of them don't know that they're being canceled until like halfway through whatever season they're on. But um, I think that with game of Thrones, what people love about it is that it almost matches real life to the on the dot because you know there's people love drama people love being enveloped in drama and people love uh you know they love to see people do things that they would love to do themselves and you know i'm not saying that over a disagreement someone want to pull out a you know a claymore and you know shove it through somebody's face but i think that's like that's what people, you know, kind of, you know, they have those weird ideas, but I think that what they've done a great job of with game of Thrones is building all these stories up and giving fans, they have, they have this way of like putting fans on the edge and be to the point almost where they're like, Oh, I hate this show. I don't want to watch anymore. And then the next episode, they will give you the conclusion that you want. So it's like, you know, when you're, on a road trip and you really have to go to the bathroom, you've been holding it for eight hours. Like, Oh, I can't take it anymore. And then you finally stop to let it out. And you're like, Oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. And it's, I think that's what they've done with game of Thrones. Like the whole thing with uh, the bastard Bolton. And after he gets killed, spoiler alert, after he gets killed by Jon Snow, everyone was, people were literally having parties over that. They're, you know, popping champagne bottles and it was nuts. And like, I, I was like, yes, and uh, I think Game of Thrones, their storytellers, 
you know, because they're way past what George R. R. Martin is do- doing, but they just have this way of satisfying the fans in a manner that I have never seen before on a television show. It's become a, a, a staple of pop culture and fascinated millions upon millions with its awesome narrative. So definitely looking forward to that indeed on July 16th. It's coming back with a vengeance. It is the Game of Thrones. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Game Source is your number one source for everything video games. Each week, we bring you the best of the video gaming world from sites all over the internet. Like us today on Facebook or follow us today at Game Source, and you'll stay up with the latest in information and news. Plus, also about all the great things we're doing on our Game Source Facebook, Twitter, and Game Source YouTube pages. Stay up to date with the video gaming world right here at Game Source. And we're back. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We're the number one show on the podcast radio network with the pop culture cosmos show every monday night 10 30 eastern 7 30 p.m pacific also as well we've got the highest debuting show i believe on the podcast radio network and that's the pcc multiverse that is going to be on every friday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific also as well we've got all ready for you on the pop culture cosmos channels which are located on mixcloud the ESO Network, the Tangent Mound Network, the Gunna Geek Network, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast.com, and TuneIn. All those channels have a Pop Culture Cosmos listing, so you check it out right there. There's no way to miss any one of our great episodes, indeed. And you'll also find on the Mixcloud channel not only bonus episodes attached to a lot of our Pop Culture Cosmos stuff, but you also get a lot of great Humanica Media stuff as well josh tell anyone out there what's going on with humanican media uh we have two uh consistent podcasts right now we have the super bro station which is a weekly video game podcast and we have what about this which is a bi-weekly podcast uh we're basically four guys sit around each is qualified in a different field they sit around they talk about uh you know just questions that you might have wondered but have never brought up in conversation just because they might be weird topics or that's just, you know, you don't have any friends smart enough to bounce these ideas off of. So these guys take those thoughts and they put them into words and they will actually, if you tweet them at W a T underscore podcast, they will actually, and you ask them questions, they will actually answer them on the podcast. So uh, feel free to do that. And they would love to hear from you. I, you know, I produce the show. So I know personally that they would love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, check out Ghost Oasters, too. We're working hard on bringing you the completion of Episode 3. But for now, the first part of Episode 1 is up online and ready for your viewing pleasure. So catch that on all the Humanica Media outlets, YouTube, Facebook, or when you see it on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. If you like the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, by 318, that's March 18th, at 11.59 p.m., you will be in the running for the grand prize of Mass Effect Andromeda for either the PC, PS4, or Xbox One just by liking the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, and you'll get all the latest pop culture news 
and also the latest updates on what's going on with us at Pop Culture Cosmos and Humanica Media. So Nintendo Switch has come out like gangbusters, and it seems like it is exceeding expectations sales-wise. I know we had a previous podcast where we talked about the sales expectations over the course of the calendar year for Nintendo Switch. But from all accounts and what Nintendo is officially saying, this is the largest release launch for a Nintendo console. You can take that as, as you want as far as it being huge sales and whatnot. From, from deeper numbers, looks like it is a little bit larger than the Wii U and also a little bit larger than the Wii. So that is definitely great news indeed. We've talked a little bit more about the launch lineup and the lack of games that are on there outside of the big hit Legend of the Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I ask you this, Josh. Now that it's out in the wild, now that it's set all kind of records for Nintendo, where do they go from here? And what do they need to do to keep that momentum? They need to give fans what they want. Like the Really, the path for success for Nintendo is laid out in front of them. It's on the internet. It's in all the articles of people, you know, complaining about stuff that they didn't get that they want. And by all means, they have a right to have that stuff because Nintendo, you know, I'm surprised that this many, that the console has sold this many units after being so dishonest and, you know, not ready on their, um, during their launch. So good, you know, good for them. That's a good, that's a good thing for them. I mean, not, it's not good that they're dishonest, but it's good. Uh, you know, it's a good trend for f- the future of Nintendo. But, um, you know, right now people want a virtual console. They want games that they want games that they like other than Zelda. So the thing from here is how well do you think that the console is going to do now that Zelda is out? You know, what what else are people going to buy? I've, I've been watching, uh, you know, gameplay of other games. I saw a little bit of like their, uh, you know, a lot of their indie games and like snipper clips and whatnot. But there's, they better make some sweet revelations at E3 or else, you know, the console is just not, I, I'm predicting that people are going to lose interest because they need to keep releasing hit games to get people to, uh, you know, to get into it. And like we were talking about earlier, like a Pokemon game would just do wonders for them. And because they have, if they were smart, they would focus on getting the handheld gamers onto the Switch because it basically is a handheld console find a way to expand the battery and get you know get the their Nintendo 3DS gamers onto the Switch and you know other than that you know the people want the they want their virtual console they want they have, people have a laundry list of demands that they want and if Nintendo was smart they would be paying attention to the forums and that's really the you know their key to success right now well i see Similar to you, a period where the the unit will not sell as strongly because over the summer months, the market dies down as a whole. But if they're not able to sustain that momentum, it could be difficult for them come holiday if the open world Mario gets delayed. I know recently they talked about the definite possibility of a Smash Brothers coming to it. Yes, we know that that most likely will happen just because of the popularity of the switch. So it's, it's good to hear that news, but when will that come out? 2018, 2019. So that's something you can't count on right away. Splatoon two. I I know there's a demo that's coming, you know, in the near future, but the game itself, when is that coming out? Uh, And, and all the other support games from Nintendo, like you, I'm, 
I'm worried as far as for the long-term health of the product. So we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, E3 is a great time for them to announce a lot of great upcoming titles that'll come sooner rather than later. Don't tell me what's coming out in 2019 or 2020. I don't want to see that. I want to see what's coming out in 2017 so that I may be interested in purchasing a Switch and a lot of other general consumers as well because I still have issues with the price. I still think it's overpriced for what it's being offered. It's an underpowered unit at an overmatched price. So it it really is it's hard to for, for a lot of people to go ahead and consider buying it. I mean, we talked today about buying a console and you have your eyes set on something else. You said you've tried the Switch. You said it's decent. You said it's nice. But your hands-on impressions as far as the Switch is concerned? I don't know. It feels weird. I guess just from what I understand, you get used to it after a while. I know that people are having problems with the Joy-Con controllers. The one on the left uh, desyncs because they're saying that uh, part of it, the antenna is like over one of the Bluetooth things and they're canceling each other out. I don't, I don't know the science behind it, but on the, it feels like the the joysticks and the D-pad are really far apart. So I mean that beside that's really my only complaint about it. And it's basically you're you're playing a game on an old Samsung tablet. So you, you get what you get, but it's you know I I like it. I I wouldn't pay that much money for it. Uh, I'll probably buy when it becomes cheaper. But it's uh you know it, you know we we're, we're talking about this earlier too. Like the games, like once you once you're done with Zelda, what are you going to play? Especially since Mass Effect is coming out, people are going to people who own a Switch are probably going to be putting that down until. They're done with the behemoth of the potential behemoth of a game that is Mass Effect. So, what is going to happen to Nintendo Switch sales in that portion of time? Because I guarantee you, a lot of people who bought Switches also have Xboxes and Playstations, and they are not going to miss out on Mass Effect, especially you know with the reputation that it has. I'm hopeful by the end of the year that that a holiday package at a more attractive price will come to fruition. If you have any opinions on the Nintendo Switch you'd like shared with us or shared on the show, just give us a line, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, it's all popculturecosmo on Twitter and popculturecosmos on Facebook. Again, if you like us on Facebook by the 18th at popculturecosmos, you will be in the running for a grand prize of Mass Effect Andromeda. And then also like my good friend Josh Peterson's page as well, Humanican Media, where you can get a lot of great stuff going on and what they're doing indeed as well on a daily basis. Up next, we have a sneak peek at the latest What About This podcast. You're saying there's a need for someone to like them? There's a need for what? I think think I, I can sum it up like this. It is the fastest route to fame. But it's That's not fame. True. It's not fame, though. But it's, there, but there are people that literally yes. have just become. You're right. But I guess so. Their desire to be famous, though, is what? Why do they want to be famous? Right. They don't want to be famous. Because they want what fame gets you, what or what they think fame gets you. They want. They want to be loved and adored, and they want the attention. So that's kind of what I was getting to with the whole narrative thing. Is like there is this like again ancient Greece. We want to be like Achilles. We're not Achilles. We want to be like him. That's a value we're going to affirm. So what value are we affirming? I guess this is kind of ultimately my question. Okay. What values are we really trying to affirm? Or what what sort of cultural virtues are we trying to affirm through our specific uses of social media? That was the What About This podcast, available today on Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, and Podbean. And on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page and Mixcloud channels. 
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. This is going to be our last segment of the broadcast. We truly appreciate you staying with us and listening to us on Mondays, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. And then if you can't get the show for any reason, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast.com, TuneIn, Google Play, also the ESO Network, the Gunna Geek Network and the Tangemount Network as well. On you, you want to check out our Mixcloud channel? You can check it out. Check us out there, and they always throw the bonus episodes on our Mixcloud. Give you something a little special there, indeed. And then also check out the top debuting show on the Podcast Radio Network, the PCC Multiverse, every Friday night. That's Friday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Drive home time for a lot of people out there. Want to check it out on the Podcast Radio Network. we got a lot of great stuff going on there each and every Friday. A lot of great samples from all the other shows, plus great talk from Josh and I and, and all of our guests that, that do appear regularly on the show as well. And then if you cannot hear it for some reason there, hey, we're on those all those same download channels as well. And how can they listen to all the great stuff at Humanica Media? All Humanica Media on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the What About This podcast is available on Podbean, Mixcloud, YouTube, Facebook, and iTunes. And then the rest of them you can check out on YouTube, Facebook, and podcast.com. And I'm working on getting the rest over to iTunes here shortly. And as for the What About This podcast, fun thing about that is if you follow them on Twitter at WAT underscore podcast and you send them questions, they will actually answer your questions during the podcast. So get, go ahead, sit, send them something complicated. Okay? They, they love to think about stuff. So I wanted to talk to you, Josh, a little bit about Thor Ragnarok because some new, very, very interesting photographs came up. That was, well, Entertainment Weekly got the in. What were some of your thoughts as far as the new photos and the new pictures surrounding the upcoming Thor Ragnarok? Uh, I'm actually very excited about it. It looks like it's... Well, you're a much bigger Thor fan as far as from the movie standpoint than I am. I, so definitely I know, I'm happy and, for you. And, and I feel like this is going to make you a believer because uh, Taika Waititi, okay? I think he his first movie, um, the, the Things We Do in the Dark, I, I don't know if that was his first, but it's one of his films where he's uh, he talks about, it's like a documentary, a mockumentary made about vampires. That movie was hilarious and so judging by when these photos came out i'm like i can kind of feel his style going into this movie and it sounds and just from what i read about it on the piece in uh entertainment weekly he's 
he says that the first half of the movie is where all the action's at, and then the rest of it is all kind of he, there's a he says there's a comedic layer to Thor that hasn't been thoroughly explored, and he's going to do that. And while I do like, you know, the darker tone movies, except for DC, but that's another conversation. It's I'm I'm excited to see this because it kind of it takes a lot of like. Uh, it it sounds really interesting. Like it takes a lot of elements from the comic book and kind of sh- shows them, but at the same time kind of molds them to a more, uh, you know, a, a lighter, funnier tone. And just, just the description of a road trip movie starring Thor and the Hulk is, is uh, you know, that's enough to get me interested for sure. And I think, I think that when you come out of this movie, Gerald, you're going to be a believer in, uh, you know, the mighty God Thor. Well, one of the things that I've come out from the recent press interviews and also the photos as well is that Thor Ragnarok will be in some shape or form setting up the future for the mega blockbuster movie coming out next May. Not this May, but next May in 2018, The Infinity Wars. How do you think Thor Ragnarok will set up the future for the Marvel franchise. See, I was actually wondering about that too. Well, I don't know. Like it's hard for me to make a prediction on that because there's so many possibilities. And, and from what I understand, this movie is not going to be exploring that side of the universe where the guardians of the galaxy are. So I'm trying to figure out how it's going to tie into uh, Thanos and uh, you know, his, whatever it is he's doing. So I, I imagine, I don't know if it's going to be on purpose. Maybe him and Hulk do something on accident and that, you know, lures Thanos to them. I'm, I'm super curious about it. And I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. The only thing I can imagine is that Thanos really will get uh, more than expected screen time, maybe near the end uh, of the, Thor Ragnarok film and maybe like the last third will be somewhat based in at least Thanos will have a hand in a good chunk of that third of the movie. I think that's probably how that will be set up or somehow the infinity stones themselves seem to maybe align up or maybe where Thanos gets a chance to obtain at least one, if not more of the infinity stones during the last third again of Thor Ragnarok, because you know, the first two parts, I think that's going to be setting up as far as Dr. Strange meeting up with Thor, Thor looking for his dad, somehow trying to get Loki involved and all the other new characters that have been introduced as far as from the photo sets and whatnot. So that's probably how I imagine it being set up as far as for the future for the infinity wars. Any last thoughts on, on, how that may be set up. And then also your prospects for the movie itself being something that will remembered more than just another Thor movie. Well, in a way, um, even in the article, they're stating that this might be like a complete reboot of not of the Thor story, but of our opinions of the Thor story. And, and that's, um, you know, I know you didn't like the first two films. I, a lot, it's, it's probably, they're probably one of the like, least two favorite movies in the uh in the front in the cinematic universe but i you know the i just the idea that the director and just the ideas that he's talking about and the way he wants to go i i think is garnering excitement and just you know from what i've read the comments i've read all the boards i've been on like i think that 
uh, people are looking forward to it. So hopefully this kind of changes the people's outlook on, on Thor. And as far as, uh, you know, the infinity wars goes, I, it's, I'm, I really, um, I think that Thanos, yeah, they said he's going to play a larger role in the movie. And I think that it's, he's going to do a great job of it. I think maybe in one of the first Avengers he will encounter is going to be Thor because Thor is more connected to him than most of the other players on the team. Um, So it'll just, you know, how that's going to happen is anyone's guess at this point, because I don't imagine it's going to go much along the the line of the uh, comic books just because of the uh, logistic issues. But it'll, you know, uh, it'll be an interesting thing to watch unfold for sure. It will indeed. And we're both looking forward to it as well. I'm looking forward for a reinvigoration of the Thor franchise myself. So I, like I said that previously that the Thor Loki interplay has been pretty much the only reasons why I will watch the Thor movies, because that part of it's so entertaining, but when it tries to tell and communicate a narrative beyond that, it seems to fall apart for me. So I'm hoping that this will finally be a more cohesive outing and it will hopefully lead strongly into the infinity war so that will just be awesome awesome indeed to to check that out if that's the case as we get closer we're going to be getting more teases and whatnot i'm sure we're probably gonna get something in the end credits from guardian of the galaxy volume two so definitely looking forward to that indeed so i wanted to talk to you have you had a chance to see the latest wonder woman trailer I did. I actually just watched it before getting on the air here. What you, what were your thoughts on it? Because that one is a more descriptive point A to point Z type scenario as it gets seemingly closer to its June release. It looks good. It, it looks kind of, it reminds me a little bit of Captain America, the first Avenger, just the uh, the, the tone of it all. It, no, I mean, it looks it looks beautiful. Just like the, the set pieces, everything from like the... Uh, the Amazonian areas uh, that all looks really cool. It looks, it looks like it has a bit of like that fantastic beast and where to find them tone. Like when they're walking through the office buildings and stuff, it looks definitely more aesthetically pleasing than the other DC property trailers that I've seen. It doesn't look, it still has that like darky, that dark film look to it, but it, this, I don't know something about it gives me hope for the rest of the franchise. Yeah. Those, those are my thoughts on it. It looks very promising indeed. I really have high hopes for the film. It definitely looks like something, like it's a step in the right direction for, for Warner Brothers, especially with the Justice League also coming out later this year. So that will breathe some new life into that film. I, I think a lot of pressure is riding on Wonder Woman to succeed because of what has happened in the past. You know, how can you say $600, 700000000 million films like BVS and uh, Man of Steel and Suicide Squad, how can you say that that a lot of pressure should be riding on Wonder Woman? Well, unfortunately it is because those films did not meet the entire expectation quota that I'm sure Warner Brothers wanted to meet. And it just really looks like now that, that a lot of people have kind of soured on the franchise at this point in time. But with what we have seen so far of Wonder Woman, it looks like that can all change. And it really just... A lot of the times in Hollywood, it all it takes is just one movie to to make things happen and make things happen in a big way. 
And this could be not only one of the biggest hits of the summer, could be one of the big surprise hits of the entire year. That's some great thoughts again from Josh. Josh, it's been so awesome again having you on co-hosting with me on this. It's, it's great indeed to be part of the pop culture cosmos scene with you as far as doing this and, and dealing with humanic and media and all the things that you do and, and all the books you're writing as far as the, the articles you're, you're taking care of and truly appreciate your help in doing all this. I want to make sure everybody knows that publicly, how much I appreciate you helping me take care of everything here in the big universe known as pop culture. So hey, it's been a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm glad I could throw some planets out there into the old orbit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Because, well, on Friday, we've got the PCC multiverse. So that's even some more planets out there. Definitely going to have to uh, throw some stuff out there indeed, because that's always a, a handful right there in itself. But people can check that out every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network and all of our download channels. So once again, we truly appreciate you listening out there. It's, it's been so wonderful to to be a part of, of your week here at the Podcast Radio Network and all of our great stations. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the pop culture cosmos. For Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. We thank you so much for listening. And here's hoping you have yourselves a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Uh, All right. Welcome to What About This? Episode 2. I'm Keith. It's Travis. Ryan. I'm Kyle. So this episode, we got into social media, um, but this wasn't your typical anti-social media rant. This was looking at what we post and asking the question, why do we post what we post? What does it really tell us about who we are, about the way we interconnect, uh, the way we form our, uh, our social self, the way we form our identity? And so we're really trying to go about this and pull apart what the post really means in a bigger picture, right? In a bigger context. So that's what the episode's about. Um, we still have a, uh, our sponsor from last uh, episode. So Kyle, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, What About This is sponsored by Always Green Synthetic Grass. Check them out at agsgrass.com for all your synthetic landscaping needs. Right. So um, let's roll the episode. So, for this week, I was thinking about this, and it's something I've worried, not worried, wondered about for a long time. Um, I've noticed, and, and since social media has become a trend, you know, what, 10, 15 years ago, um, I've noticed that, that we, it's used for, and this started really becoming more prevalent when Twitter started, is that people like to put in their, their status updates. They put in that, that, you know, what they're doing that day. I'm going to lunch, just went to the gym. Um, just got a new car, whatever it is, and, and small or big, they're putting a lot of really ultimately mundane things. 
And my question isn't like, it's not that it's irritating. It's not any of that. It's not like the typical rants against social media. My question is more, what is behind that? So why do people decide to put status updates that like I went to the gym today or I'm going to brunch or something like that? Something really small that, that when I see it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but ultimately I don't care. And it, it's not that I, I don't care for that person. It's just, I'm, I, what do I do with this piece of information, right? So that's kind of my question is, when people put that up, like, what do I do with this information? Why are they doing that? What's the point behind it? Um, so that's the topic today. Well, what, but why do you want to know that? Because it's become such a phenomenon. Because it really is irritating? <laughs> no, honestly, it, it is genuine curiosity. Why do people think that they need to put that up? Because I do, I would say this, I think it's a need. I don't think it's a, uh, I think people think they need to do this. There's some reason that they're doing it. And I want to try to dig down and, and get to what is the thing behind it, if there is anything behind it. So, so, so the thing about social media, how, how long it has, was like the first? Well, it depends on what you want. It's yeah. funny. I was telling Keith, I said, think back to the original status update was, did you guys have AOL instant messenger? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. did you? You were too no. old. Um, I shouldn't have a computer. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, can you do you remember doing your away message? That was like the first time that you got to like customize things, mm-hmm. and when somebody was communicating, like, and they could communicate instantly with this message that you had customized. Like, I uh, remember, I would always, I would, I had had that away message that was like. Be back in an hour. Went surfing. Like, I've never <laughs> gone surfing. <laughs> but like, so the question would be, why did you feel like you wanted, or, well, wanted or had to? Why did you put I went surfing, even though you've never gone surfing? Because I wanted girls to like me. <laughs> like, it's fair. Yeah, that was like there was no other. There, was, I remember having a really shameless one too. That was like, if you want to date me, <laughs> like it was just straight up. There was no games. It's like if you want to date me. Please leave a message. <laughs> like, uh, and you know what? The funny thing about that is I did have uh, AIM, and I never put an away message. It was always just like, Keith is unavailable, or Keith is offline, or whatever my AIM you know, tag was. I don't even remember now. But um, I, And so I've never had that impulse to like share that kind of detail with people. And so it's always been a curiosity for me. I think it's the response. I, you, you, the response feels good. Mm-hmm. So you, A, you put out a line and you want to bite. You, mm-hmm. you want, you're wanting someone to respond to you because someone responding to you, somebody that is, someone that is acknowledging you, there, it, it is a sense of, I would say is a sense of validation. Right, but it goes deeper than that because supply and demand, <coughs> right? If um, there's, if everybody is validating you when you put this out, then of course you're going to keep supplying it. You're right. going to keep putting it out. I think what Keith's saying, and I agree with him, the deeper question is, why is there a demand for that? Right. Right? Like, like why is everybody else out there and millions of people right. out in the social media world going, oh, I wonder if he did go to the, to the gym today. Right. right. Or I wonder if he did pass his final. Or all these mundane, did he get a haircut? All these mundane things. But you're saying people, are, people are asking that question? Oh, well, yeah. That's why you get hits, you get right. comments, you get likes, you get... The, the reason we're putting these things out is because people are consuming them when we put them out. And so people continue to do it. See, I don't think people actually care. Uh, yeah, I think that the reason why you are liking or commenting or things like that is so, and I think it may be, be like subconscious, is so <coughs> that they will reciprocate. And that in liking and commenting, you will develop a relationship with, 
within social media that says like now I kind of expect you to like and comment right. some of my things. When you say reciprocate, do you mean you mean like keep the relationship going? Yes, yeah, so like now like you like I'm because I I am active on your pictures. Mm. I expect you to be active on mine. Yeah. So this is where we're really going here, I think, and this comments on just relationships mm-hmm. in general and where um, where interactions have come really in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and, and we've gotten to kind of be on the front line of that and, and see the difference where now, you know, you, you see a kid and they can't have the, the one-on-one uh, interaction as easily as they, as they could have in the past because it's all, it's all over social media, mm-hmm. right? So it really does feel like this change that, that you're pointing out has changed the way that we interact with one another. Yeah. And so I, I, there's this thing that keeps coming back to me is that, that we're, we are trying to, through social media, craft a story or a narrative about our life. Right. And it's through the... So my question is, on, on the other level, is, well, then why, why the gym selfie? Right? What's that about? Like, what, what is that telling me about that person? And so that's kind of one of the questions I'm asking. And, and yeah, we can go the vanity route. Yeah, sure. They're standing in front of a mirror with their shirt off taking a picture, mm-hmm. right? Kyle. Yeah. Um, I have never done that. <laughs> at the gym. And, but, but I, Especially. But, I've yeah. never done that. <laughs> Tons of bathroom selfies. Yeah. Who's Jim? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is like, why do we, why that? Like, why that thing? Why not? Um, and not that this doesn't happen on social media. It's used for a lot of different things. Uh, ways uh, um, it's used in a lot of different ways for promotion for uh, communication there's a lot of really good that comes out of it so but but I, I'm I wonder it's like what why are we sharing what we're sharing most commonly well be, well because you go back to, to why social media exists why did they create who created it why did they create it what was their goal what right. was the what was the intent behind it and it seems like if you're saying relationship con- connectivity right there's this desire yeah. to connect there's this desire that we have that we want to connect and so in and of itself it's not like it's and I don't think you're suggesting right. no. that that it's this evil or anything no, 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 but we are but you are asking well why does he do the gym selfie why does she do the gym self whatever and <clears throat> is because she wants to he wants to connect with his friends right. his friends want to know what he's doing this is another avenue another tool for us to get connected for us to be plugged into each other's lives or right. I don't get to see you that often and so now I get to know what you're doing but then there's this idea of self-promotion this right. idea of right making I'm, I'm making my life look better than it really is mm-hmm. and so I would say that at the core of it or, or at, at that there's this deep desire to connect with right. other people or to be connected or, and I think that it's me personally, I think right. it's gone. I, I think it's gotten out of hand and it, it's caused a lot of negative things within our personal relationships. Right. Wait, Hey, so does that mean we can't ask them to like us on Facebook and Twitter? After? No, they still should. <laughs> no, no so follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We um, yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Hip hop. In fact, we'll wait. <laughs> yeah. We'll- and then, All right, cool. yeah. Uh. Um, so, so here's the, here's an interesting thing, and I know you're talking about like they want to connect and like with other people and things like that. And I'm actually thinking in a different route. I was watching something on um, there's this YouTube channel called ASAP Science, where it's I like it because they draw things for me. Where they're like, mm. you're probably dumb. So here's how I'm going to explain this to you. And they said, well, let me ask you, when you're having a face to face conversation, how what percentage of the conversation do you think you get to talk about yourself? Right. What do you think? Um, face-to-face conversation. 30%. 
Yeah, they say. So they say. Yeah, he's, yeah, he got, yeah, yeah, sure. I was gonna, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Um, in face to face conversations, they say you get to talk about yourself thirty to forty percent. Yes. Okay. Then they said, now let's go look at social media. Then mm-hmm. you get to talk right. about yourself eighty percent right. on average. So right. you now get to talk about yourself twice as much. So I actually, and then it got into they got into this whole thing about how. Um, not only is social media this this form of instant gratification, right. but what it does is it uh, it releases dopamine within you, mm-hmm. and it's a, and the more the more followers you have, and that notion that more people mm-hmm. are right. are listening or watching and things like that, um, the more dopamine gets released. And so they said, so your body is actually rewarding you mm-hmm. for posting right. on social media because it knows once you post, like the way it's going to feel right. is good. So actually, I would say that. I don't know if people really want to connect with each other as much as they are connecting with each other to, to ultimately serve themselves. themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, so it's still, it's still, for me, it still raises the question that <coughs> this is a, obviously this is a new form of technology, right? This digital space, this digital, uh, if, oh, if you will, digital self, right? That we're creating and crafting through our posts and social media and all that. But that, Obviously, that hasn't been around for a long time. So I was thinking like 50, 100, 250, 500,000, you know, 10,000 years ago. How were people doing this? Or were they doing this? Were they craft? Were they talking about themselves? And if they were, how? And if they weren't, why not? So where, where does that come from in some sense is what I'm thinking. The, 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 the constant self-promotion. Mm-hmm. So what kind of what Kyle's saying is, is, <clears throat> is this the the um what did you say the uh reward mm-hmm. the reward the release of dopamine there's a reward right. so constant status updates it's it's very interesting to all the different platforms and how different types of people use it and so twitter right um even facebook so you have this huge disconnect between like teenagers who are uploading only like really albums right. of themselves on Facebook, but they don't like post. But then they post like the highlight, the big moments of their life <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter. They're they're retweeting memes and their friends, mm. and there's kind of this back and forth. Like you right. have Snapchat, and they're snapping each other, and they're kind of doing it. And it's all going back to what you're saying. All this research that they're finding out about this instant gratification. Mm. Well, I, I I can't remember who said it, but they they talked about in the last thirty years. This whole idea of having high self-esteem, right. or maybe even 40 years now, high self-esteem is the thing that everybody is promoting, pushing, and in our culture, more of a right. Western cultural right. narrative of you need to have high self-esteem, which means to esteem yourself. Right. To esteem yourself. Right. And so the, they, they continue to get into it, and they say most of the evil in the world comes from high view of self, not right. a low view of self, right. though a low view of self can as well create right. and promote and right. cause evil. And so <clears throat> the idea of my son is on the honor roll sticker in the back right. of a car. This is very similar. Is yeah. this is this is fairly new. Right. You know, sociologists <clears throat> or anthropologists, all these, you know, right. would say. And so I don't think they did. I think they 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 sat around and told stories and mm-hmm. talked about that. I, I I mean right. Yeah. So that was one of the things that when Ryan and I were talking was yeah. that's kind of where we ended up landing for some like for for some of this is that this is all going back to a story we're trying to tell and you know and what i was telling ryan is that back in the ancient era in the greek right hellenic greek greece 
when they told when when Homer wrote the you know compiled all the stories of the Trojan War and put them into the Iliad and the Odyssey, this was a it was originally an oral performance, right? You would recite the Iliad, um, all twelve books of it, <coughs> and so what you did, what it was about was, and, and you know, scholars, literary scholars know that the 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 Iliad was kind of their Bible, if you will. Okay. It told them how to act and how to behave. Okay. So inherently, then what we were trying, what I was kind of getting at is like. Narrative is is inherently connected to to value or or belief or there's something that you're trying to tell yourself as a group of people that um, that you all are going to say yes that's the thing that we're going to say is good or or uh, or um, something we should go after um, so, so like a, like an ultimate virtue so kind of yeah it's every a virtue culture, exactly every culture has had a narrative right that okay. they have. <coughs> Yeah, so it's it's some sort of myth, some sort of narrative, um, some sort of uh, the 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 scholars in the mid twentieth century called this a meta narrative, and Mm -hmm. postmodernists rejected it, um, rejected the idea of the meta narrative, and we can get there and and see how that maybe impacts where we might be today. But it's this idea that there is this 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 grand story that we are telling ourselves that explains everything. We would call it a worldview, probably more okay. appropriately, um, but it, but traditionally it is done through a particular story. Um, so we have uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey in ancient Greece. We have, you know, um, in in England in the early old in the old English era, it was you know Beowulf. It was these other ones. Right? Well, you well, you had mentioned this about narrative and story, and <clears throat> you're going to have to explain this. Um, it was a while back you were saying. Saying no longer in narrative and story, mm-hmm. story and culture, are we searching for a hero? And, and yes. like we've become right. the hero in our story right. via this worldview or this yeah. this cultural narrative. And you're saying we're as a culture, as a society, or as a people, always constantly trying to rally around this central narrative or this vir- virtue or whatever you want to call right. it. Mm-hmm. And so, is that indicative of? It's, it's what is happening today? Yeah. Give I mean, us a little history lesson, would you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> when did that happen? So, so the movement from um, externally centered identity to internally centered identity it m- it happens at the turn when you go from the medieval era to the Renaissance. Um, so, the medieval era was was focused externally, focused on experts. I mean, if you, you can look at. Um, Colleges, right? Universities. So they they had what they called scholasticism, which was a series of you have what they called dialectics or debates, and but you would read a bunch of experts and authorities. Um, in fact, they would do commentaries, and they call it the auctor, a u c t o r, and that's sort of where we get our kind of our term for author. Um, there's other histories there. So um, so we made this turn, that, and so the Renaissance thinkers turned away from that to what we call humanism, um, and humanism is where we took. And there's a whole bunch of like movements that happen in this era. So if you think about it, this is like the, the around 1500, um, but it's in the maybe the century before and a little bit into the century after. Um, really, in the 1300s in Italy is where it starts. Um, so it's a turn back towards classic antiquity. So Rome and Greece. Okay. Um, and so what you have is you they turn away from scholasticism towards humanism because there's. I'll, I'll give you three basic things that happen. One, they discover the new world. So you thought Europe was the entire world, or the old Roman Empire was the entire world. Okay. Well, now you have a whole other hemisphere. So now you've moved, you've taken what you thought was this, this sort of universe, the known universe, and you've shifted it. Now you are, Europe is no longer the center, right? 
Then you um, have the discovery of the, the we go from the geocentric, Earth-centered universe to the heliocentric, to what we call our solar system, right? Okay. Then you have the turn, and this is fascinating for me, for my field um, in literature and art, is you have the development of perspective in painting. So before it was all flat, and now you have a perspective point where you can see depth. Okay. Right? So all three of those things put together kind of shifted away from um, this this sort of static world into now if this world has sort of this, this movement parts, well, the only things that we knew before were from based on authorities and those authorities didn't end up being right most of the time. Okay. So, okay. So now it's like, well, how do we know the world? Well, if I can't rely on, I can't rely on these things, authority, if I can't rely on this, I can't rely on this, um, you know, science as I knew it, if I can't rely on scholarship as I knew it, what can I rely on? And this is where we get the very classic, uh, classic idea of it is I think therefore I am cogito ergo sum right mm-hmm. so what they had is the humanist turned into well the only way we can know and experience the world is based on our own right. self yeah. so it turns in internally towards I can know the world now the, the, the common conception is that then and this did happen I will not disagree with this that we that immediately turned to secular humanism okay. that's not necessarily true the humanists or the humanism in, of the renaissance they were still a lot of them were still deeply religious people, theological people. But what you had was the church had attached themselves, and this is a separate discussion, church had attached themselves to certain scientific beliefs Mm. that we we lost them. So that's where we get that started. So you have this turn towards the humanism. Then you have the enlightenment. Another quick part of it is the enlightenment then turns to the rational. So they're saying, well, if if the human is the one that can tell, be the center of knowledge, meaning I can experience the only thing I know about the world comes from the self um, as a concept, not just me. Um, then we need to be rational about it. The reaction to that was romanticism, which was now we need to add back in emotional. Okay. Then we go through that. Um, I'm going to skip for uh, just for the sake of brevity over Victorianism, which was a lot of political and sociological mm-hmm. things. But in the 20th century, or not the 20th century, 19th century, then you had uh, the the three the, the the sort of the three punch combo of Nietzsche, um, Darwin, and uh, Freud, who okay. took all of that humanism self knowledge and dug down even deeper and then we get the modern and the postmodern era we get to the postmodern era and i'm going to skip modernism just for the sake mm-hmm. again postmodernism says you know that thing we call the meta narrative where we said there's one story we can tell ourselves and then and the one actually they they rejected the most was progress the progressive narrative that okay. we are pro- progressing mm. um, and they said none of that's true <laughs> none of there are no there's no such thing as a meta narrative there's no such thing as um, a grand narrative that we can tell and that, that applies to everybody. There's a lot of reasons why uh, cultural anthropology, um, the development of soci- sociology, the further development of psychology, all these fields sort of showed us that all of those things that we thought were true weren't as true as we thought they were. Right. Mm. So it, it, bro- it kind of broke us as a, as a people. So... And then the one I was talking with Ryan about is a, is a literary movement that I can bring in later. But that's basically where we're in now. Now, we're, whether in the postmodern or the post-postmodern or whatever it is. Post-post-postmodern. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> um, uh, so that's kind of where we, we got to. So we started with humanism turning towards that's how we can know the world. Okay. And narratives, if you look at the Renaissance narratives, they shift from looking at heroes like Achilles, right? And okay. again, this is something I mentioned to Ryan a while back. No one in Greece thought they were Achilles. Right. Right. No one was like, yeah, that's, I'm that guy. Or even, Everyone was like, no. Or even wanted to be. Or even wanted to be. Want well, to. yeah, wanted to be because he dies in the end. <coughs> All good right. heroes die. 
Um, spoiler alert. Um, but they said they're not saying I'm going to be Achilles. I want to see that. They're, <laughs> they're not. I'm not Achilles. I'm going to try to be Achilles. You start with the Renaissance and you start to move forward, and then by the time you get to Romanticism, it is I am the hero, right? So right. one of the big ones was like Lord Byron, who writes uh, Don Juan and um, Child Harold, which are these really? They're basically him, Lord Byron, in a in a story, right? Okay. So we start to have this conflation of. Um, narrative and autobiography where that we, we've conflated the idea that the author is the character or is the narrator or and I, I when I talk to my students all the time if I ask them okay who's the narrative voice and they're like it's the author and I'm like no it's not um, okay. but we talked through that but, I would have gotten that wrong yeah um, so this is this idea that we've somehow meshed or, or co- collapsed the distinction between author um, self right. and narrative and I think it's a fascinating thing and I don't know if that's what this new movement in social media actually is. Well, wouldn't that be the explanation of why? It would, possibly, but here's my, but I go back to my original example. <laughs> well, and maybe this is it, but like, why do I need to value you going to the gym? Okay. So, you know what I mean? Like, right. what is that really about? So, so first, to, to bring that full circle, Keith, uh, that's fascinating and i think what we see now is comic books superheroes spider-man batman whatever and the whole premise of that is a person that we want to be or we think we we are right and that is why they focus on the flaws right uh, of those superheroes spider-man's right peter parker's great but he's this awkward teenager right whatever who i can relate to which is as opposed to achilles who is this stud yeah but except achilles starts out rage sing uh, sing muse of Achilles rage or wrath and that was his fatal flaw in fact you go back the definition of a hero in ancient Greece was they had to have some sort of uh, heroic flaw mm. often called hamartia or pride okay so there was always this but even that what you're talking about if you look at the original comic books shout out to Cameron um, <laughs> that that like Superman Spider-Man all them they didn't have they weren't like the gritty realistic the Dark Knight Batman that right. they were more the campy so pretty like clean cut guy yeah and they didn't have the flaws that you know Iron Man wasn't an alcoholic originally right right so <laughs> right. so like that's part of I think the shift is that maybe are we maybe getting back there where we we want our heroes to have flaws and what is I that mean, this what is sort of that? separate from the original but so, right, that's a whole that, right, so that's I was like I almost started going there and, and then I thought that, that we're gonna go too far yeah that's a whole different thing so. I think. I think this, all this goes back to, so I know that we're, the, while we're addressing uh, why do people look at people like that, I think, to me, I think, like, oh, it seems like it's kind of simple, but maybe it's not. Um, I think people post often because you have to stay, in a, in a world like right. that, you have to stay relevant. And if you don't post a lot, you become more and more irrelevant. And so I think in order to fill that time, you have this person sitting there that's like, I have these followers, almost like I have mm-hmm. to perform. I can't just right. go on stage and say nothing. I have to say something. So um, have you ever played categories? Like where yes. you have to like where yeah. you roll the dice with the letter and then like there's a list and you have to write down things and start with that letter. Right. And you feel that timer. And as the timer is going longer, it starts going faster. And so you start writing down more nonsense things because like you just want to have something down on the paper. And so I think it's... Okay, hold on. We're going to come back to that example. We've got to take a break. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, Keith, 
Feel free to like talk it just a little bit louder. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to talk louder. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Want yeah. to, like, <laughs> you had some fun. project, Keith. You're project. Kind of, like whispering a little bit. And I wasn't well, like picking up. Because you know why he was getting he was getting all like he's like you sound really good. <laughs> no, that's not why. <laughs> you know why, what it really why was? Why not? You know what it really well, was? I'll be Keith. I'll be completely honest. It was me trying not to revert to teacher mode and just get into my like that's lecture right. voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that. Our audience loves that voice. Yeah, dude. Don't deprive out. them. Sure, yeah. okay. Hey, Unleash we the don't beast. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think what I would in the last podcast was my lecture <laughs> voice, so... All right, let's ready? How do you guys think you're doing? I'm not hitting the table. I just hit it when I break, so... <laughs> Probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, you know what I think, too? In, Travis in, is just like, yeah, I was can't like, even put it down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just... I, I actually am doing a landing. Yeah. <laughs> no, Travis, at one point, though, you were talking and trying to think of something, you started snapping. <laughs> I think that's okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. I'm Taylor gonna do whatever the hell I want. Taylor does not. Hey, I am yeah. just saying. Listen, dude, I don't give a rip. <laughs> all right, fine. I'm gonna so, tell, I'm gonna tell her all you've said this. Yeah. Um, it's fine. She, and she's gonna be mad. At she'll you. be displeasing you regardless. <laughs> so, are, are we? Are oh, you ready? Yeah. Do we want to come back? Okay, in? You're rolling. Okay, so Kyle, you were talking about categories and the timer rolling down. Go. Yes. Sorry. Um, so, like I was saying, is that in order to uh, stay relevant on social media, mm-hmm. to please followers and things like that. Because I hear this all the time, especially working with high schoolers and things like that, right. where they say, oh, I stopped following them because they don't really post much anymore. Mm-hmm. So, right. for a lot of people, I think that there is this pressure that, like, if I want to not only gain followers, but keep followers, mm-hmm. I have to, I, this train has to keep rolling. Like, it's like, if I'm on my social media stage, like, and I have, like, those 500 followers, those are, like, audience members that are, like, Say something, or right. I'm gonna go somewhere else. So they right, start. Okay. So they start. Yeah. So they start posting things like, uh, and like I was saying about right. categories. Where once the timer starts, you're getting down to the wire. You're like, I want to have something. Just putting nonsense. Yeah, right like, now. like so that I have a chance to like get some points in this yeah. game. Like I don't. And so I think that may be why these people. Mm. And I'm saying like these people. So you're like, saying people like, who are liking it don't even really. They're not liking it. They're liking that so they can keep the relationship. Well, well no, I th- no, no, I'm talking about the people who are posting. The posting. And so I'm saying that the people who are posting are like, oh, here's what I had for lunch. I'm at the gym. Go I'm to the gym. I'm doing yeah. this. I'm right. doing that because, like, because I need to post something and my life may not be super interesting. Right. But I don't want – I don't want my – I don't want my Twitter feed to look like there's a tumbleweed rolling right. by. You know? So, so your, your point is that maybe they're not even thinking about this idea of a narrative. They're not even consciously constructing a narrative of their life. It's just I have to get something out. I think, yeah, I think, I think, and I, I think it could go back and forth. There, I mm-hmm. think there are posts that are thought out, and posts that that are simply derived from the thought of I haven't posted in a while. I should put something. So I think, therefore, the narrative of their life is: wait, I'm I'm still wanted, right? Right. Like I'm still someone. Someone's still listening. I still. So have be fear, like fear of being like uh, not being right. relevant. So, fear of being so, unknown. Yeah. After after I was listening to I was I was listening to ASAP Science and I. I clicked on something else. And I was watching it, and it was this ten-year-old who makes uh, YouTube videos. And they asked the ten-year-old, "What is the number one thing? Like, it was like, what's like your number one value in life?" And she put two things. He went, "A ten-year-old. First thing she put was financial success. <laughs> sure. and the, the second thing she put, which I think is the base, the basis of social media, is fame." She right. said, and just talked about like how cool it would be to be famous. And she like people would want my autograph, and I would walk places. Right. And, like, but if you and so right. it's funny if you think about that, 
is and social media is talk about instant gratification. You get famous for kind of just doing whatever you want when you want to do it by like by like typing in your phone. And so you have and so you have this girl that is like, I just man, how awesome would that be to be famous? And I think that's the underlying yeah. that's the underlying mm-hmm. tone of people who have a social media who want to create this narrative. I think there's something even underneath that though. What do you think that is? Oh, what do you think? Peel this onion. Let's peel it back. You know what I What's don't like onion? about that phrase, peeling the onion? There's just more onion. Like, you're not yes, getting to point. any deeper analysis. It's just... Sorry. Getting to the good part of the but onion. But here's the thing. Is what Have if you, you ever tasted the middle of an onion? <laughs> it's the worst part. What if you don't What if you don't <coughs> peel the onion and there could be something different? Yeah. Sure. And what if the <laughs> Sorry, middle of I, this onion that we're going to peel is freedom? And we have to just get there. Amen. Or, or a Wonder Ball. Those chocolate... Those chocolate candy balls that used to have a toy inside. It would just taste like onion. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. All right. I'm never no, going to say that again. I know. No, I'm saying it. I, it's me. Chocolate so, so, I've got weird. So if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, you're, you're saying that people post um, out of a need to, to post wanna, some, for, for their audience so that they can continue to feel something or what is it? You're, you're saying... You're saying that there's a need for someone to like them. There's a need for what? Like, I think it, right. I think I I can sum it up like this. It is the fastest route to fame. But it's That's not fame. True. It's not fame though. But it's, there but there are people that literally yes. have just become. You're right. But I guess so. Their desire to be famous though is what? Why do they want to be famous? They right. don't want to be famous. Because they want what fame gets you. What or what they think fame gets you. They want they want to be loved and adored, and they want the attention. So that's kind of what I was getting to with the whole narrative thing. Is like there is this like again ancient Greece. We want to be like Achilles. We're not Achilles. We want to be like him. That's a value we're going to affirm. So what value are we affirming? I guess this is kind of ultimately my question. Okay. What values are we really trying to affirm, or what what sort of cultural virtues are we trying to affirm through our specific uses of social media? Again, I, I keep going back to this example. We can go to any other gym selfie. You know, my Instagram. I post. Pictures of food I cooked, right? Why do I do that? Like, I, and I, I like it when I get likes, right? I, mm-hmm. It, it okay. makes me feel good. So there are things that I do, and like that's that's dumb, right? No one wants to see my <laughs> plate of food that I cooked that I'm going to eat. But right? no, but no, I know no. people do. No, I get people do, but okay. like, but the idea is like I'm just putting this picture of food on there, and people are like that looks good. Um, I have a friend who every he's at work, and every time he pulls up, he's like every he talks to me. He's like every time I see your Instagram feed. You're always making me hungry, and I'm like, that's not really what I'm going for. But yeah, but but this idea—I just want you to like me, right? Exactly. So, (laughs) so if there's a way that I do it, it's some sort of in that way, right? Um, So, what are we? Is it even about the specific posts? Because that was my original thought. Like, oh, what is okay? So, post a gym selfie. Maybe they want me to affirm that physical fitness is important because we've lost the central cultural narrative. Right? They want you to think they look good. But even there, but that's that's an affirmation of physical. I mean, I would say like even in that, like this, there's this idea of the physical body. And we the have this, I am right, I am like into I, physical I have, fitness. I have fitness. My body is fit. That kind of stuff. And I'm if I like it, then I've my my original thought was well, have I affirmed that value in our society? Um, is it because we don't have our Iliad? Is it because maybe we've lost as a as a mm-hmm. as a society we've lost. I mean, for, for like we've lost a narrative that we're what we're trying to tell, um, and, and that we feel a little. Or is that the narrative? We're or trying is that to the, exactly? Think, well, I, I would. Josh, have, you have a, um, the car's falling off. I gotta switch cars. Okay, all right. <laughs> so uh, we will go back. We'll come back with that. Which was. <laughs> this is where no, this is where it gets good. 
Yeah. Okay. I, would, I would say I would say this <laughs> is our cut, Iliad cut from before. <coughs> yeah. This is okay. this is our Iliad, and our Iliad is well. We'll get there, but is that what we're is that what, I, a little bit like what what is ultimately what is our what, are the story we're t- what story are we telling through social media? Right. So this is where where I want us to get to okay. eventually. Is uh, you said it at Job Connection way back, um, an oversaturation of meaning. And now meaning has lost its purpose. So, so are we it, given way so, too much meaning? Well, yeah, I remember that. We've, if we've lost, my idea was, and I, I'll say this again, if we've <coughs> lost the, so the, the, the Iliad was, metaf- I mean, it, there were possibly, whether this hit, existed historically or not, it was metaphorical, right? The, the idea of a cultural, central cultural narrative is a, is a myth, myth or a metaphor, right? And if, okay. you're, if it's metaphorical, then you can say, I want to be like Achilles without literally trying to be like Achilles. Um, but if we don't have that, and that's where the, the loss of the meta narrative in postmodernism comes might come in, is that if we've rejected meta narrative, have we lost this idea of myth? Josh, and how, long, how long have we been going? Uh, you're at about uh, 35 minutes. I thought you were about to say 13 minutes. <laughs> like, are Dang. you serious? <laughs> I feel like it's this like has 13 been a minutes. Dense dense yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having fun. Um, are you guys ready? I can... Yeah. yeah. So I was saying before the break that we were, um, that, that is, what is our alien, like, what is our central cultural myth, uh, our, our narrative? Yeah. And you were going to bring up something. So I was suggesting that this is our Iliad, if you right. will. Right. Mm-hmm. right. This is, this is the thing that we have rallied around. We've focused around as a culture. And I, I was, I was thinking about social media in and of mm-hmm. itself, because right. that is exactly kind of what we're talking about is you have you have Facebook came out of right. this desire to um, it seems it seems like wanting to access a certain group of people right. or be be known out of frustration. Mm-hmm. And you have yeah. you have Steve Jobs who in it he seemed to be a guy who isolated himself but that desired to have connection. Right. And if you know his story, he, he was adopted, he didn't know his birth parents, is that right? And and so he even he even designed he designs um, the screen so that you can look upon yourself. Mm. That is actually like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that is exactly what he said. So it's to see you in the iPhone, iPhone, right. therefore I am. <laughs> and so that is, that was his focus on the right. design. You have this guy who's known as this jerk, right? right. He, he, all of his friends, you've seen the documentaries and, and the movies and this guy, they said he wouldn't even talk to his mom unless his mom was one of the main six people that can get him to this platform. And, and so you have this guy who is so desperate to be right. known and to be loved. And this is where I'm going with it. Right. It's his desire to be known. Yeah. Like, and um, what is it, that phrase? Uh, fully known and fully loved. Like fully just accepted, right. affirmed. You get into this idea of fame. And so <laughs> he's this very isolated guy who will cut out anybody in the right. moment. But yet he's he's creating this mechanism to be connected twenty four seven. So what is that about? Even in his attempt, right. even in his attempt, he is this guy that will cut you out. Yet is creating this machine right. to be connected it's to something all the time. So this is this is the danger, right? And I think where we've got is a culture that is so connected and yet not right. at all because it's a it's a counterfeit mm-hmm. connection. Right. So one of the things that I think is interesting is the shift one of the other major shifts <coughs> where this kind of begins and renaissance we go back to that again is that ancient uh, ancient Greece uh, it was oral literature up through uh, Rome 
up through most of the middle and medieval. I mean, you start to develop language and all that before mm-hmm. that, it starts to get written down. In in the Renaissance, we have the printing press, and now we can start to disseminate narrative through text, through mm-hmm. through, and I use that term specifically, yes, like, yeah. with regard to our conversation, right? Nice. Through text, um, so it becomes a text based or textual narratives, meaning you right. now spread it out. So if you wanted to hear a story in ancient Greece, you had to go to a spot. Face you had to, to face, go to the theater. Not even face to face, maybe side by side in a, in a half circle looking at someone performing. But, right? it, but, it's, but yes, yeah. but like human interaction, right? It had to yes. be that. And so everybody could say, that is the narrative we're going to go with. Once you start spreading out that, once you start developing, and again, this is my life. My job is based in literature and text, yes. so I understand the disconnect here. Um, but this idea of once you start to spread that out, once you sit in a room in a library by yourself reading, now you have no one to affirm that narrative. Mm-hmm. You have no one that says, yeah, that's a story. So this is the impulse behind literary criticism. This mm. is the impulse behind sort of reading circles. This is the impulse. So what I think is fascinating is that when you take narrative and isolate it from community, you lose something. Yeah. And one of the things I think you lose is you lose that sense of metaphor of we're going to all agree that this is the thing. That's we know that this isn't the actual thing, but this is the thing, right? This is the narrative that mm. we're going to tell. Well, you whether, know, you're, whether you're not – you're saying this or not, I'm thinking this is is the, the social media and, and technology and stuff isn't, isn't really the problem. It's, it's the right. problem or at least oh, – this is where yes. I'm going is – there's a problem with it is being misused. And I was listening to someone comment on research the other day, how the, this instant gratification that you right. bring up that um, mm-hmm. shot of dopamine, that reinforcement. And yes. it's like essentially a drug and it's saying the research, we're finally accepting the research that is actually changing our um, frontal cortex. Right. And right. so you have this next generation that has mm-hmm. grown up with nothing but, right. whereas me, I think I had my first computer in the house. I have friends had computers in high right. school, but in my home, I didn't actually have a computer. I believe I was 18. So I grew up without. Right. And so what's happening now is I get the instant gratification. Right. And so I get it right then and there. And I no longer, I, it's disconnecting me from mm-hmm. the human interaction. And so it's, it's um, causing a lack of, of trust. It's causing a lack of connectivity. And people are no longer engaging, interacting because mm-hmm. you can't give me, and I don't even know how to give you. Right attention and time and response because my response yeah. isn't like that because your response is slower than the shot of dopamine it, that I just it's got. Yeah, which asynchronous is, too. Which is, it's it's yeah. not real. It's, it's so right. not real time. Like we're having this conversation in real time, post it, yeah. wait 20, like 20 seconds, a minute, <laughs> 20 minutes, whatever. Well, it's funny too that you say that there was a study that came out, um, that we were talking about, uh, what are the scientists are saying that there's a, were you explaining that there's the piece of the brain that makes your response time slower? Mm. Yeah. So there's, it's the response time that's slower now mm. for the younger generation because they deal so much with conversations through text mm-hmm. that, right. um, that we didn't grow up that way. Like it was always on the playground or whatever. Right. And it was like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to come over? And, and oh, our brain, had, our brain, yeah, our <laughs> brain had developed it. Hey, that was, hold on. That's really funny. Is that is the equivalent. Like when you say like, Oh yeah, I got to ask my mom. That is the equivalent of a text uh, silent period. That's like, the, like that's the bubble coming up and then going away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what? So, you were typing. I saw you see it. So now what we can do is if I was like, "Hey Ryan, what are you doing tonight?" Yeah. You can you can now see that text and think about what you want to say, right? And like and and maybe even go and try and figure out some plans. Weigh my options and then right. 
Yeah, and so the it's the piece of the brain that deals with the uh, the uh, instant reactions to things yeah. that, that yeah. Is, it's proving. It, uh, scientists are finding it is much smaller mm-hmm. than. Um, well, and they're saying that your your brain is starting to. It's very much so. Um, it, it's. It's similar to that of an addict, like a drug right. addict's brain, mm-hmm. the way it's being wired. So now, so now you get into why are they doing it? Well, because now it's out of their control. Right. They're an addict, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like they're an addict, and so we've rejected that. Right. And so you, that's a big reason why you're posting, you know, your toast in the morning, right. and then a back back selfie, you know, over the shoulder. And I think those are just other things that we're seeing that are valued, right? Right. Good food. Right Good bodies. So of course I'm going to post that because I want to be all of those things that says I am. Yeah, I am this individual mm-hmm. that everybody wants to be. Do right. you see that I'm that? And if I am that, and you guys all see and like that I am mm-hmm. that, then I am. Right. And I am enough. I am right. okay. It's and this is the thing I get into is you have you know the pretty girl or whatever, and so she posts the picture, mm-hmm. and then there's like thirty five seven comments about right. how cute she is. And what she does is she knows, she knows she's good. She she knows she's good looking. She might be insecure, right? But like she knows. And so you go, oh my God, you're so gorgeous. Hard eyes, all these different things, right? And then she texts, puts back on there, you're beautiful too. And I'm like, no, she's not. (laughs) Like, you know. We talked about this already. Yeah. You don't need to go here again. (laughs) But it goes back to, it goes back to even what Kyle's saying is keeping it. And so you start talking to people and they go, well, why are you liking? Well, because I got to, well, I, and they feel pressure. Mm -hmm. They feel pressure to like and to follow those people, even if they don't want to, because now this is a social norm. And now I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be a bad person. I don't want to be. And so, or I want to make sure that they affirm me again next time when I do this. So exactly, I'm affirm them a, back. A big thing that, yeah, I think yeah. a big thing that you notice that what happens uh, within staying relevant too is the you know were you ever in class and you farted and all of a sudden like you're around the girls and you're like like right oh, now hey so you go like this so you've uh, you've worked your way up like the social ladder yeah. hey, and then you fart in class <laughs> and you're like <laughs> and you're like. Oh, oh, and no. it's, and and you just get set back down. But, and, or, but or you or you make farting cool. But yeah, but no. But hold on. Here's what here's what I'm saying is that you'll find a lot too that with people that have built up this relevance. Right. If they post something and it doesn't get a lot of likes fast enough, mm-hmm. you will find it deleted very quickly. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the, they farted in glass. Farted yeah. Glass. But the thing yeah. is that you can hey, you can retract the so, fart. So <laughs> so this would be again. I'm I'm trying to. to like so, wrap my mind up. So that is the equivalent of not being affirmed in a in a social setting, right? That is that that is almost, what that is. Yeah, right? almost like yeah, almost like if you you post something and it, if it doesn't get enough likes right. fast enough, or as as much as you feel right. uh, hey, uh, securely comfortable with, you almost see it as like a ah, oh, this was a mistake. Like right. like this was like a social faux pas, and right. I need and I need to get rid so, of it. So so this right. is kind of which is interesting is that I think that, that in one of my classes last semester that I was teaching, we ended up talking about this idea of social formation. In the digital age, okay. What is the idea of social formation? Like, how do you form society in in a digital space or in a digital <coughs> digital environment? I think this is kind of what you guys are talking about. So, again, I, I, I don't want to keep wrangling it back here, but again, this, to me, this this speaks to there's something that we are circling around that we are saying we don't want to say what the thing is, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we have the gym. So, again, the, the food. The food self selfie, but the food thing, or or these other these issues yeah. where it's like we're we're not comfortable 
identifying this is kind of what to your point like we're not comfortable identifying this is valuable this is not or this is this is a this is what our society is going to be about so like we we kind of throw these things out there so we've gone with the safe thing mm-hmm. we know that people are going to like Gym so self, so right? you're saying you know it's, I mean? it's safe self-absorption? Kind of. Like, yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's because it's socially acceptable. Right. So now right. I can I can almost even mask this um, this this photo where because nobody posts it, nobody posts the anti selfie the the ugly selfie. I'm not going back right. to that. But what I'm saying is nobody posts the picture. And to his point is I know that right. working with teenagers is that. I know for a fact that if one of their friends posts a picture of them that they don't like, they text them, say, take that picture down. Or the famous happy birthday uh, 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 Instagram of their <laughs> friends, they always look good in the photo, but right. their friend, could, they could care less if their friend looks right. like like trash. Yeah. Right. And so so they they make sure. So what they do is they mask it with some like, oh, it's just loving yeah. Thursdays or something. Sure. I don't know. Whatever it is. Yeah. And it's their right. excuse. That was the TBT. The throwback Thursday was the excuse. And so we masked the excuse with, do you see me? So here's, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So here's my my thought is, um, do you think that, and this is a weird, I'm kind of out of left field question, but do you think then they, they, we've lost the ability to understand that that thing is not actually me? What do you mean? So the picture I put on Instagram is not actually me. This narrative I've created. Right. It's not actually. That is a metaphorical representation of me. And yet people don't see it that way. Absolutely. Because what it it is is you're showing – I mean you you could take it back to like a sports center. You're just really showing a highlight reel. You're not watching the actual game. Like you didn't see like all the fumbles and the interceptions. Uh, all you saw was the big plays and the I mean I guess not end score yet but um, but really you're just you're just showing all the you're showing all the touchdowns right now. Well, right? yeah, they, they psychologists talk about this this dark side of yourself, the Machiavellianism kind of the shadow side. self. Kind yes, of. and and so you have this culture amongst moms where their right. their their kid is actually has peanut butter in their diaper and on the top of their head and is chucking their little brother. Right. But then your friend posted a photo of their kids, you know, I don't know, just doing something awesome, holding the little brother. Right. And it's causing depression, they're saying, Mm, within. And so there is this like, look at, look at my life, look at, right. And, and I think there's this deep, there's this deep desire in our culture. Right. That says, um, I have no bad days. Right. My life is good. I'm happy because that is a right. that is a narrative that we the goal is to be. What do you want your kids to be happy? And so I am right. happy. I'm always happy, and right. anything outside of that is wrong, yeah. which makes me wrong as a self. Right. And so we're always in Henry 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 Nowen, Henry Nowen, who I love and I read. All the, um, he says that at the at the subconscious and even conscious level, mm-hmm. every single day, the question that you ask yourself is, "Who am I?" Right. And we're always constantly as humans trying to ask, who am I? And he says, you try to answer that in three different ways is I am what I do. I am what I have. I am what other people say about me, good or bad. And right. I would say social media is, um, and he's, and he's saying one dominates you ultimately all the time. And he's saying how you answer that. Right. Is, he says, those are all three, all those three ways are the wrong way. 
to 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 answer that right. because they fall short of they'll never give you a self right. that it that can can last past what if you lose everything what if you don't right. have anything what if you and what if people say and, and then you get into the good and bad the good right. I keep I now I have to live up to the hype that you guys are talking about and it's all in the name mm-hmm. of a sense of self a sense right. of self worth mm-hmm. and so be it um, you know avocado toast or the back selfie in the gym. Whatever it is that mm-hmm. you use that is affirmed by society, that's okay because that's what we do. We mask it with the TBT. We mask it with a cute right. little phrase like "I love Mondays" or "staying on my hustle" or whatever. Everyone's like, "Yeah!" Right. And so, I, yeah. So for I, me, like one of the things again. I mean, again, I, I don't want to be like. I, I'm not trying to be difficult on purpose, um, no, but yeah. this idea of. So I get that that they're trying to develop a self, but again, like. Why through the mundane? Like, why those details? Why that? And again, this is kind of where I started to wrap back into that. Like, why that? Why not something else? Some some more profound? Like, why not? Because life's not people profound. Do use, but people do use this. But here, there are, I, I follow some, like, photographers. I follow some people where they are trying to use Instagram to create art and to create sure. metaphor so, about themselves, could, which is interesting to me. Could you, could you say this? Is that um, you... Your relevance, you you're, you post a lot to build up this yeah. relevance, and so you're you're basically saying, why can't we post things that are like just a big deal? And so, but well, yes and no, but, yeah, well, yes hold and on. no. So, so um, you're building up your relevance, you're building up like, say you post enough to where you're getting like you're getting a couple hundred followers, a couple thousand followers, and then you're getting up into like you're like your five digits where you got like ten thousand followers. Right. Well, now all of a sudden, by society standards. Now what you're posting is a big deal. I know. Watch, so right. watch, watch how many people they get frustrated when they like they seriously sit there and think and like plan out right. what this post that they're about to do, and they get like they get like twenty likes on it. But then like you'll have a celebrity post a picture of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and it gets like a million likes. I know. And so now all of a sudden you're like, why can't they just post something that's like why can't they only post things that are a big deal? They have now because of the, because of the narrative that we've created. Right. If you have a lot of followers that you are a big deal and so now they yeah. can post the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and it actually is a big deal because right. all the followers have decided that it is so my but and i get the big deal thing but my other point is like why are we why are, are we have we just lost imagination then like yeah. why do we think the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is the big deal like why don't why isn't it more i guess here's here's the thing you what have, do, do we have, think the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a big deal that we do i think we recognize we we, if you will, in a sense, we obsess over and we make that of high value that person who is saying right. the, the, the famous person right. who's actually famous because they're actually – but again, it goes but, back but to then this it, is but, what we – But it reverts back to okay. – so, so then we value that people – so the thing that gets likes is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, them eating it because they're a celebrity. So then instead of posting the really creative, imaginative post, I post my, my lunch and I get 50 likes – Whereas mm-hmm. if I put something unique and interesting, I'll get 10. You know what I mean? Okay. So my point is, if we yeah. have a limited number of create, we have a limited amount of creativity in our life, right? We are, everything we're putting out is in some sense creative, right? So my Instagram okay. is, a, is a creative endeavor. Why am I wasting it posting what I cook for dinner? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's my point is like, why are we wasting it? Well, hold putting on. a picture well, of me at the, of, of someone at the gym or, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, why the mundane? Why uh, have we turned that? Why do we think that's. 
Okay, you're saying you're, you're saying everything we're doing is creative. We're creative beings. Well, right? I would say essentially. Well, yes, but I would say in particular this case, like I would say that the, the well, people. But would but, but food could be. I, I follow. Right. I, I follow more because I want to go there if I'm ever in the neighborhood. So I always kind of keep it on the flow or whatever. I follow, right. you know, foodie, LA foodie or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so these some of these posts are just Art. aesthetically pleasing, right. and I'm exactly. like. And I could get lost in the texture and the color, whether yes. they put a filter on it or not, doesn't matter. Exactly. Maybe that's their 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 way of getting me there. But I would say you're you're not not necessarily being creative, um, as think, much as you're saying it's what is it is it not moving us forward? Is not is it, it not? Maybe yeah yeah maybe. And I, one of the other ways I, I was thinking about this is not only social formation but social construction and socially okay. constructive. So maybe let's I'll put it in the bluntest term. How is the gym selfie helping us as a society? Yeah, and one guy would argue, oh, that's so inspiring to me. Right, and that's possible, and so that's what I'm trying to get dig underneath, <laughs> right? The idea is yeah. that, is that, is that, now, so are that's we seeing, are we seeing cultural value right. in, in there, or are we just seeing people? No, yeah, you're right, no, Ryan's right, that's but not it, the motivation of why they posted it. That's, that's what I'm getting to. It's frustrating, and to your point, Keith, when we waste, when we trade creativity in for vanity. Right or well, we trade but, creativity in right, for right. wanting to be known, but, or this this false substitute. And I think what yeah. you're saying is, no. If we could lay that aside, then we would be free to be the creative beings that we were created to be. Well, right? but even to Travis' point, I think people do think that's in some sense creativity, right? I think there are people that way. So well, like everybody with an iPhone but, camera is a photographer. Maybe we're getting, <laughs> back, so maybe we're getting <laughs> back to something you and I have talked about as well. Is like again, we've have we lost this sense of myth and metaphor. Yeah. Have we lost yeah. a sense of something mm. meaning other than what it is? Mm. Right? So the gym that's selfie good. is about physical fitness. Well, that's a really obvious <laughs> thing, right? It's not too Yes, yeah. We, there's not too much of a leap to go, well, that guy looks good, so physical fitness is good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like Achilles, everybody knows him as like this great warrior. Are you saying we don't need that post to know that? No, I'm not saying that okay. necessarily. And maybe we do, and that's a whole other sort of topic, <laughs> right? Yeah. But Achilles, and going back to this, one of his other... So they all had um, these these sort of names. So that as Achilles, and they it would come with it, right? Yeah. He was swift-footed Achilles. Mm. So it was like that tells us not only about his rage, like Achilles, the whole story is about his rage, but also about who he is, right? He is swift-footed or gray-eyed Athena, or so these metaphors where they stand for something, right? right. It tells us a little bit about who they are without telling us who they are, right? Um, so. So you're saying this idea, like meet this meaning in our world, right? Yeah. So, and again, I'm not trying to. I'm not. Again, I don't want to seem like I'm bashing those things. Right. I don't. I don't. No, you're just trying to figure yeah, out why. Like, figure out, like, is why this, this thing? Like, what is this thing about? Yeah. Why are these yeah. things? Why are these things the things? Right. Why are these things? Yes. The, why the are things these things that, about? Like, why? So, be, well, because then it seems like it's almost arbitrary, right? It could be, but well, because right. we could just take pictures of brooms and right. and <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, but if everyone took pictures, like, dude, did you see his picture of broom? Right. And versus we, it seems to on some level, it seems to be right. telling a story of what is important today. Right. And but, what is important today is looking good. Right. Feeling good. But I, but even to that point, to, to back to Kyle's point is maybe it's just a matter of what the ten year old said. It's like it's the content is irrelevant. It's mm-hmm. just the fame. Right, you know so I mean? there, and so the gym selfie could be what they shortcut. feel. What they feel is their best avenue right. to to fame, and through fame, achieving like 
the the adoration right. of of people yeah. around them, and so mm-hmm. then it could be too that this big thing is one of the main issues could be as you were saying before, like are they only telling a piece of the puzzle? So the real narrative is actually a lie if you right. think about it. And, Maybe uh, because and, and so what that can do too is not only damage the narrative of a culture but if you go even deeper into that that could be a, social media could be what's damaging like like relationships a lot because right. you just actually. say you just got into a fight with your wife and so you guys storm into you know uh, separate rooms and what's the first thing that you, people usually do right. to kill time is like go on their phone and you look at all your friends who are married and they're all like taking these great pictures together and you're like Man, is nobody else fighting? Like, right. it just me. Or even yeah. if you don't see those, you're getting an you're getting an instant feedback, and so now you're right. getting you're getting a connection. Right, you are getting it. You're getting a hit of dopamine. So one of the and it reinforces. It's a positive reinforcement. Right, right. Yeah. One of the best things I've ever, I, I've seen on social media recently, and it was and it was uh, it was kind of funny. I don't I don't remember. Uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to call them John and Jane. They've been dating for a while. And they would they would post you know like their cute pictures together and things like that. Then John and Jane posted the same thing on their social media accounts, announcing that they had broken up. <laughs> and here's why we broke up. And it's funny because I'm like, man, you never see that. Like they 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 decided right. to post like, hey, so along with all these like really great things we had, like we broke up, and here's why. Right. <laughs> You're like, which is the opposite of the person beautiful. that just gets rid of every single photo they ever right. took with that person ever off of all media. They the right. Media. Yeah. And so it's so funny because that's like because it's so you're saying they feel the need? No, I'm saying I think that the the realness of that is refreshing right. to be able to go on social media and go, oh, some relationships end. That, because on right. because on social media it never looks like that. It doesn't right. look like the, right. the end. It either looks like they're married or it never happens. So we never we never have the we never have the full narrative. Right, is what you're saying. Like we only ever have the rising action. Mm-hmm. We never have the conflict. We never have. Right. We never have the the thing that breaks. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So we never we don't have the heroic flaw. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just epic, unless it's just flaw. them talking about how weak they are to look strong. <laughs> sure, maybe, but but even but to Kyle's point, and then we started still, with. I never do this, but <laughs> that is still, but yeah, okay, okay. except that for right the now. other yeah. side. That is still, except for this moment right now. I never do this. Some something in that though that there is this value in showing again, showing the thing that breaks right in the narrative. Right, if you never, if the narrative is all this, right, mm-hmm. it's exhausting. And this is sort of what again, maybe I've talked about this before, but there is this oversaturation of meaning in everything like mm-hmm. and literally I, what is it what there's an mm-hmm. ad campaign out there right now that it's that's catchphrase is is actually this, this is, is everything yeah. <laughs> and it's like i don't know it's, it's, it's i don't does know it, it doesn't even but it doesn't matter what the pro, it's a product like it's a it's a you know an everyday product that you're using like that literally cannot be everything. Right. That thing. If you're or telling like me this that, everything, that is a strange metaphor Keith for you. Just, you're, Keith is just driving just yeah, mad. Just like, can't be. Just, you're wrong. Yeah, I want to <laughs> take my TV and drop kick it. Right. Um, uh, but but it is your TV, man. <laughs> so we're going to have to take a break because um, we're running out of storage. So um, we'll come back. <clears throat> you guys are about an hour right now so okay I don't know how much so, so here's here's my question here's my question as I'm sitting thinking listening is what are we saying right now and I don't think it matters off camera we're off camera right yeah. but what are we saying right now yeah what are we actually saying because I'm okay I'm saying that the reason we do the back selfie right. 
and the only reason is just one more way. Right. Yeah. This is all. I think this is. I can boil it down to this: is it's just one more way, whether it's 1980 right. or 2017, a means to have an identity. Right. Right. Yeah. It is, and yeah. the, but an identity needs to be reinforced by something. Right. So I don't. I don't know. And it, like, cause, cause you've you've basically talked about narrative and. Right. Like, cause, cause you're, the initial question is like, why, why the gym? Zone? Why the, why the, the every day? And I would, I would argue, I would argue why not the every day? Like, or the, 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 the famous, like uh, the famous like hike photo, right? <laughs> right. Like, God, we work in young adults, uh, <coughs> high school, but like, I don't know. I, I just can't, I yeah, think, I think no. I'm, I'm kind of asking where, where are we? Cause Right. We're not going to go much longer, no, no, no. but like, what is, what is the, well, I think we can all kind of wrap up our, just kind of wrap up with what we say. What? Well, here, but hold on, but because we, we, we got stopped before you gave like meaning right. because I remember talking to you. So maybe we can jump in here and we can, end, I don't know. I'm not saying we yeah, need yeah, to end we can, we this or how we want to do it, but it's like that idea of we've wherever you got that so maybe if you can remember but is we've given too much meaning to everything right, right. so you're everything. talking about this what did you say this is everything the, I did the phrase is that I've this, seen is a lot is, this is everything this is everything which which goes to your point is Just we have as a we have as a culture Beyonce? Yeah. that's what I, that was my example i don't think i'll say that <laughs> no babe uh, is is this idea of me, this We've given, we've given, um, or maybe it was you said, like we've given everything too much meaning or power. So where I go to school, like college has, if we put too much meaning into like where I go to college, everything in all the wrong, like, I don't say all the wrong things. I I don't know. But but going back to your point is that the, the now and, um, it's, I I am what I do. I am what I have, what I I have, I am what other people say about me. You like how I avoided like his 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 actual. Right. I didn't even say Jesus. it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But this idea that that we are placing <clears throat> our identities or our meaning in things that are inherently uh, finite or temporary, right? Okay. And right, we are failing to see that by doing so, we are giving it metaphorical weight, mm. and to a thing that is in, in a way that cannot hold metaphorical weight. This iPhone cannot literally stand for everything, right? Okay. That doesn't make sense. You guys want to know when you're ready to... <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I can't tell, like, if you guys... <laughs> you want to pick up there, then? Is that recording? Yeah, 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 with the meaning. So, where, where do we end? At, with, I was there Just with the... Just do this, this thing, yeah. Okay. Stay ready? <clears throat> okay, so we're... Oh. <clears throat> okay, so what I was talking about before we had to stop was this idea that we have oversaturated things with meaning. And I mean Things. This coffee cup. This well, so song, your, your right? example, whatever it was, was this, this is everything. This is everything. Whatever the product was, whatever the service was, this is everything. And I think what we've we've done is we've taken a, an object and weighed it down with a, a meaning or a, what I would call a metaphor, right? Object X equals everything. It can't literally be that, right? Okay. So this this phone can't literally be everything. It's impossible. Even as, or even metaphorically be everything. You've gained, it's, it's you've been given too much metaphorical weight. So if I put everything into this, this thing will fail me at some point. Right. Okay. Right? So, so this relationship that I'm in, where I go to college, right. 
the, what, the what gym. Job, the new job that I right. get, the selfie at the gym, right. whatever. Right. Cannot possibly hold the weight that we're trying right. to have. Yeah. It yeah, but you're saying that we have given it almost too much power or meaning. Yeah, right? too much power, the, the, too much metaphor, right? Almost, right? Okay. And we've lost the idea of metaphor. <laughs> yes. Too yes. much metaphor. <laughs> so this idea that you, you cannot, if you put all of that on this or on, and, and again, even go to something a little bit more um, profound is my body, right? If you put all of your identity on your body, that will break down at some point. Mm. Um, Gravity. If you ever want to read a poet that's just goes through this idea brilliantly, I think, I'm a little biased, is Walt Whitman, his poetry before the Civil War and after the Civil War, and as he gets older. He starts it in the, earlier, he's talking about his body as a young man, and then he talks about his body as an old man, and how it's failing him, and how it's betraying him. Mm. So this idea is that your body isn't the thing, right? Isn't, or your your food, my food isn't the thing, my whatever. So so we keep settling for this imposter, this imitation. A little bit, yeah. This, right? Imitation, yeah. Like, I think it's, I think it's is it Victor Frankl who who um, talks about the difference between those in in World War II concentration camps. Some people would physically curl up and right. die on the floor, and the and the difference between them and he writes this book, I think um, Man's Search for Meaning, or okay. is is the difference in people that made it right. that that were were able to survive. Right, they had something beyond the self. Right. Nice. That they held to this kind of whether it was the hope of seeing a family one day, right, right. or even he he said some religious war, people right, like going to heaven, yeah. and so it's what kept them going when everything else was stripped right. of mm. them. That they were the ones that were able to survive and continue on because their hope, right, or their desire for the transcendent, if right. you will, whatever right. that is, yeah. for that person was. What what was keeping them right alive well, essentially exactly yeah and the, the, and that's what I was the, the, back to our earlier part of the discussion is this idea of meta narrative this idea of the mm. the grant the, the central cultural narrative mm. um, and that the fame might be the thing right people are saying like they're saying like you know we're putting all our stock in these things that are going to fail us and they're like and so then the narrative today could be so fame might be that thing right. that, that I need I can I fame will support my identity so we've given too much meaning to to fame fame. right and now and so in a in a weird twist is that now we take that right well fame is is everything so then what will happen is okay well how do i get famous (coughs) i post a picture of a jelly peanut butter and jelly sandwich right and it's like and and someone like me comes along and says like what do i do with this information like what do i do with this right um how am i supposed to like what am i supposed to feel about this and i'm clearly missing the point i'm not supposed to feel anything about it (laughs) I'm supposed no, to value that person for the. I'm supposed to look not at the picture, but the number below the picture, and say, "Oh, right. well, then this is no. valuable." I think. I think you're really <laughs> fifteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, that, and you're supposed to look at the number below and the name above. Right. And look exactly. at the name, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, this sandwich is stupid." And I'm like, "Oh, so and so posted it." Yeah. Oh, double, like yeah. Double, yeah. double tap that because also now, in a small way, and maybe I'm going too far, but I don't know. Uh, maybe now, in a small way, like I've like by double tapping, I've associated myself. Yeah, with that with that person, you, you and so, look at what I like. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, like like I double tap it. So now, like if like uh, I'm I am a person who likes that. Yeah, and so then and so on, then on the off chance to to that that person sees that or another person sees that is that they are now associating not only with what I am posting but mm-hmm. now also the things that I am affirming right. and that is only adding to my narrative, which could That's then good. which yeah. could then That's also good. be adding to my fame. Yeah. Right, absolutely. You have yeah. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm about. Right. Yeah. 
That's true. So that's sort of what, again, that's what I was, I was like, I, I've seen this for, again, now the last 10, 15 years. And it's yeah. just, yeah. I've, I've wondered at where this is taking us in terms of social formation, social construction, self or identity construction, identity. Uh, we, we haven't gotten this thing. Yeah. Like so not even should like we do it, but what you're, yeah. you're my question is, isn't should Because I think that's the question which we will ask. My question yeah. is, not even why do we do it, but why do we do it in the way that we do it? Mm, yeah. What is that telling us about ourselves? You know, it's interesting the story as we kind of bring this thing in for landing. I had a friend um, years ago, like I think 10 years ago or so, when this was <clears throat> this whole Facebook movement was first kind of starting to go. Um, good friend named Brandon, who was like the most personable, like happy-go-lucky guy. And uh, we were good friends. He graduates, leaves for college. I see his Facebook, and I'm like, this is when you, like, you start really keeping tabs yeah. on everyone via Facebook. Mm-hmm. He leaves for college, doesn't post anything for four or five, six months. Nobody posts on his wall or whatever. I subconsciously remember thinking, oh, no. Like, I hope Brandon's okay. <laughs> like, like, this guy's going through a season of depression. <laughs> like, this guy's, this guy's really struggling. Well, then I finish school. He comes back from my graduation. I see him. I walk up to him thinking, I'm going to have to like counsel this guy. <laughs> He's totally fine, right? Yeah. Like, the guy's never been happier. He just isn't on, on Facebook. But subconsciously, I built out this narrative for Brandon's yeah. life where I go, right. well, probably not doing so good anymore. And I, I think that that's kind of where, where we're getting to yeah. here, where we mm. build out this, this um, new way of, of gauging how everyone's doing. Right. right? And it's based solely on social media, which is just counterfeit it's not it's not reality so i feel like the way to get have people concerned about you is just go go rogue man <laughs> which, is, which is funny which is funny too that if he's not it's gonna be the new, yeah. the new crowd attention. it's funny too if he's not posting you're like oh man something must be wrong with this guy i need to like check in on him which is because we didn't even get into like the anxiety and depression that comes along that. that comes along with social media right. and so he realistically it's probably a lot more emotionally healthy <laughs> totally. than than you or I who are and I know you're not really on it much but then but then the average person who is on social media who's right. like oh this guy must not be doing well I didn't talk to him and he's like actually I'm like better than you are yeah. totally. so then yeah. so then um, episode 3 social media round 2 <laughs> well yeah we can I mean this can be like a, a mini series on social media because there's a lot of stuff we didn't cover so yeah, but deciding, yeah. deciding that now right so Just right now, right now, right now, right now. This is like whose lines no, no. anyway, where it's all made up. The points, the points don't matter. matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, yeah. That's... But Travis for sure thinks he wins every time. <laughs> yeah, you're the Wayne Brady Jack, of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be that fourth guy that's always different. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> you're that you're that one guy who's like I know he's on here pretty often, but I don't really remember his name. Yeah. It's probably like Chris. <laughs> Does that make you and me, Ryan and Colin? Yeah, that's right. Who's no high five? All right. No, no. You're Josh. Edit that out, please. Yeah, <laughs> high five was the lamest. I'll put a sound effect. Yeah, that was the <laughs> lamest. People can't see our height difference. Have you guys are. ever high five? By the way, <laughs> what the heck was that? I put it up. He he's in there. That was. Your delivery was so subpar. <laughs> I, I just left it up there. For those who are only listening to this, a, a really weird high five just happened, yeah. or it like barely happened. I'm not calling it a high five. No. It didn't even happen. Yeah. Anyways, I was yeah. I was honestly embarrassed as soon as I put my hand up. So. I don't even want to talk about your finger. Your fingertips touched. Yeah, I was having fun talking about whose lines in anyway, and I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm sorry, I I ruined it. I'm done. Yeah. But you are Ryan Styles, which would make me Colin Buckley. 
But you were going to say, look at them tall. Which would make Josh <laughs> carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's it. Do, for do me. we have any, yeah. anything else, guys? That's it. Mm. Right. And that's it. That's it. All right. Well, Said to. We gotta have like a discussion on I'm sure you'll do that again. Yeah, yeah. So that maybe that he kind of finds a place. You find a place for us to, hey, throw some loud music over that garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we, you can sign, and then you can do the sign. It could be like a couple of seconds, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. The sign does, off or whatever. Yeah, does, yeah. You can kind of have us fade out and have the music pick up and then that'll be yeah. it. Yeah. That, that last part of the, like not that, whatever. Not all of it, just. But, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> the last couple minutes where Keith ruined it. <laughs> no, I find things funny. Uh, Some of it was funny. Yeah. I'm just gonna end it with like that's it, guys. I'm probably gonna be listening for more. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna jump. It's like how do we feel about that, guys? I thought it was good. And so we <laughs> and so we yeah. we end with like, uh, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we are now where we're up on all forms of, of podcastery. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I feel like it's a pervert way of saying podcast. Podcast- podcastery. 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 Yeah. Sounds, like, sounds like you took a podcast into the rectory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really into podcastery. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new major. Yeah. Hey, um, but I feel like it might be one day. Podcastery? You know, sure. Yeah, it'll be part of media. Yeah. Media studies. Media arts. Not um, um, so do we want to do a conclusion and then an intro, or do we just want to just go to intro? Yeah, I, I don't know. How do you I guys, think we should? I think we should do a conclusion. But then, do we need to? Do we need to, like last week? I was just this is food for thought. But yeah. it was last week we kind of all no. This is what about this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you 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 gave Cameron Miller a shout out. We were talking about comic books. How do we talk about comic books and not shout out Cameron? <laughs> That's a good point. You got to say his last name though, so people can look him up. Really fair trash can. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like, do we all need to give our necessarily every week final thought? Is that something we're gonna do? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I'm, I'm I don't, gonna err on we don't. But that's what I'm saying. I think we sure. landed it well. I yeah. Think we, I think we, we, landed, just need, uh, we just need a. We just need a. We just need to go tell them to... Well, hey, third time's a charger, so try well, we, next week. We can do it on the intro and do a tell us where to follow us and all that sort of stuff. But I think we should end with that, too. Okay. I, think we, I think we reiterate. Uh, make sure you follow us on, on Twitter. Hashtag yeah, I do I do like those. W-A-T. W-A-T. All right, Forrest. What are you? Hey, what are you, old fat chick? Yeah. That was so good. I feel like that would have been like... A skit. <laughs> like, like, like a like a, a news weekly skit or whatever. What is those? Oh, weekend update? Weekend update, like yeah. some character. <laughs> you in just a big old wig. <laughs> but keep uh, the beard. Yeah. <coughs> yes. Uh, are we shouting out the sponsor again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do that. Do you want to do that? I retweet oh, that. Yeah, I need a, I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet him on our You got so much business. I'm gonna retweet him on the on our podcast one also. And I need to okay. do I'll need to do one too. Yeah. Right. Um, so intro or we're doing intro or conclusion or what? What are we doing right now? What do we need? We need the in, uh, We need an intro. Just do the intro. We need an intro. We we don't have to have a conclusion unless you guys want. Like, do you guys have something to conclude? 
<laughs> Only it would be our. It would I, be the follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, just say like thanks for watching. Follow us on Twitter, and then we'll just have that short little okay. clip at the end. Yeah, you want to say it? The yeah the the ending. Yeah, yeah. Follow, thanks thanks yeah. for watching and listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You want to look at me while you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and do it. And then a quick second take to me. No, I'm yeah. gonna look down. <laughs> Why are we going right You're now? You're filming yeah. your life. All right. Hey, uh, thank you for watching or listening or however you ingested this podcast. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at W-A-T underscore podcast and subscribe to wherever you are getting your podcasts. Go again. No, like, I know you. I know you. We'll that wasn't you. Dude, that wasn't you. Time. That's fine. I know you, man. All right. Just, yeah. I'll, I'll say it. I know you. I got don't. Don't. Right. Take your shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> now. Hey, our, our primary, like, where your primary place to download is podbean.com and iTunes. So okay. Just, and then also YouTube. We've been watching. Yeah. Hey, hey, let me let me let me let me ask you a question. Does your pri- you're saying primary is Podbean? Podbean is the place that sends the RSS feed to iTunes. So anytime I upload an episode or you guys, it'll go straight to iTunes now. So I think you should just say something as simple as, like, hey, check us out on Podbean. Pod, like when you anchor, like, mm-hmm. is, hey, not like however you, because like no one listens yeah. to this. So it's like, hey, but kind of keep it consistent. Yeah. Check us out like, on Podbean. Check us out iTunes, on Podbean. Watch, iTunes. Us, watch us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like us, us like us, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We don't have a Facebook. So just well, follow us like, on Humanic Media. Humanic Media. But we have, yeah, I see what you're saying. At, yeah. what, at what point do we get to, like, hey, you have a fucking scroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm good. I got okay, it. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> just whenever you're ready. Okay. You don't have to, you can look at the camera for this part. I'm right? not going to look at the camera. That's weird. Okay. It might be. You're addressing the people directly. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for what? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> look at the camera. All right, don't look at the camera. All right. Whatever feels normal. Looks so weird. Uh, hey, uh, hey, thanks for watching and listening to What About This. Make sure you uh, subscribe and find us on Podbean and iTunes. Uh, shout out to our producer Josh Peterson and Humanic Media. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WAT Podcast. Uh, nope. W-A-T underscore podcast. Hey, you know what? I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. Can we do different pieces? No, you write, I'm being honest here. Like, hey, write it up. Write it up. Write it up and go write it out. Type it on your phone and just go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to type it out. Type it some, out right some, now. Somebody else do the. Do yeah, the type okay. it out because so, here's why. You can be like this. Hey, follow us like this. Yeah, just like, yeah. hey, follow us. In, and then it's very clean right. cut. Like, check so, us out on boom, boom, okay. boom, boom. So, thanks right? for, yeah. hey, thanks for yeah. listening and watching. <clears throat> This was episode two. This was episode, yeah, episode or whatever, two. Yeah. or I don't know. Thanks for hey, thanks for listening and watching to episode two. Check us out and subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes. See you next time. Or um, follow us on Twitter at wat underscore podcast. Thanks to our producer Josh Peterson in Humanica Media. Hold on, I got, hey, thanks say, for listening. Oh, wait, well, yeah, just, I got, keep, hey, <laughs> thanks for listening and yeah. watching. What about this? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, so check us out and <coughs> check us out on, no, check us out and subscribe. Subscribe to us, right? I don't know. Subscribe to us on Podbean <laughs> and iTunes. Um, follow us on Twitter at WAT underscore podcast. Uh, thanks to our producer, Josh Peterson from Humanica Media. Um, we'll see you all, or you know, we'll catch you all next time, or we'll see you all next time. Yeah, what started this whole conversation is. What is the rooted?
my rooted mm-hmm. boys. So if yeah, this would thanks again, like, we'll see like, you next time. Yeah. Checking in. Like, head to the gym, up and at them, grinding at work. And a, te- and a text message. <laughs> hey, like, I don't next time, <laughs> hashtag blessed. <laughs> like, I don't need all that. <laughs> that's, and that's really, like, that's where, it was really Ryan, but it was, I was yeah, because it's something I've wondered about for a long time. So it was just like yeah. that, that kicked that off for me. For sure. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, what's the point? Hey, thanks for listening and watching. What about this? Check us out and subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at uh, wat underscore podcast. Shout out to Josh Peterson and Humanity Media. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Feel things, it it, uh, it hurts.